Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's November 22nd, 2023. I am at Joel Pearl, and it's time to get in the weeds. I am very excited as we roll into the Thanksgiving weekend, long weekend. For you guys in the United States, it is. For me in Canada, it's just another weekend. But instead, Jeremy Lambert's here with plenty to talk about and plenty to discuss. How are you doing, Jeremy Lambert? I'm well. Joel, I have a special friend oh. on the show today for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Show you. Hold on. People hear this rustling. This... Gobbles! It's gobbles! Gobbles! Gobbles That's, is very cute. Yeah. The turkey one of the, the children made, his name is Gobbles! Gobbles! I don't have very a turkey. Very excited. Very excited that Gobbles is on the show today. Mike Straw's in the back here saying, totally forgot I had the window on in the background. <laughs> Theme started and they audibly shrieked. Listen, that's what happens every time we start the show, and we're here to prepare and start the show. We audibly shriek before we start as well. Our so. intro is is insane, honestly. But we still need we still need uh, Tim to fix it to where Vince is getting thrown under the bus. You're right. I need to get Tim on that. I will speak to him. I haven't spoken to him in a couple of weeks. I've been a little busy. But wow, so. some friend you are, Joel. Yeah, I know. I've been booked, booked and busy, Jeremy Lambert. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern, and while we're at it, we're leaving thumbs up on this video. And of course, we are uh, subscribing to the channel here at Fightful Overbooked. And- the gobbles! Give a thumbs up! Come on, gobbles, to give it a thumbs up. That's what you should do, too. Uh, the one and only Effie joins us in about 10 minutes' time. Uh, I think he said he's going to be a little bit late, but that's all right. Uh, we always love having Effie on. We're going to talk about Big Gay Thanksgiving that's happening tomorrow night. We'll talk about that. And, of course, WrestleCade Effie will be there along with well well we'll get into that match but uh, we're very excited to welcome effie onto the show in about 10 minutes uh jeremy uh, what's gobbles up to over there oh no staring at me like staring i'm gonna have to put gobbles gobbles i'm gonna put gobbles away you might have to he's getting a little gobbles, uh gobbles has gotta go go home to his his family for thanksgiving now right exactly uh Joel, so yeah. what is what is in your hand what is that a pepper no, the, this is, um, I got a package from, from MJF. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 You got, uh, I got some pickles. So it's a pickle. Okay. Yeah. It's a tiny pickle. <laughs> Why are you eating? Why is Joel Pearl eating a tiny pickle? Oh, it's frozen on my screen. And it, the visual of that frozen was just straight in the mouth there. Someone look at the visual. I got it because, uh, you know, when people send you stuff, you you accept it. You uh, take dainty bites with it. And uh, so, are you are you uh, on the take? Is what you're saying here, Joel? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm cheap. Yeah, fair. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't think we should like be revealing this information on our show. That uh, you know, we we are paid in pickles. You are not me. 
Yeah, show me. some show some respect to the people who are actually getting paid on this gimmick. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I don't I don't like pickles. I think they're like awful. Yeah, no, you had a you you had half a good take on that. And you mentioned cheesecake, and people rightfully she went on you, stepped on your neck. Good either. No, you can't go there. Cheesecake is wonderful. Just for that, I hope your entire Thanksgiving weekend is filled with cheesecake leftovers that you have to eat. Nobody else, well, just you. Well, I'll I'll take people in the weeds here. The wife makes a a very good cheesecake. I you know she she's uh doing doing a bunch of different stuff for Thanksgiving. Um, so she is making a cheesecake, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not eating that. You know, I'm going to Wrestlecade uh this weekend anyway. So the leftovers will be all for for the the twelve children that we have. So you know. I won't have to eat it. It's, it won't be for me. By the time I get back from WrestleCade, which is next Tuesday, there won't be any leftovers. So no, they'll all have the cheesecake. I will not have to subject myself to it. And I will move on with my life. Cheesecake and pickle free because both of those foods are awful. To the anonymous ITW general manager, if you're listening, and I know you are, please send Jeremy with a very, very, very plentiful goodie bag of cheesecake. For his voyage, um, that's probably not going to happen. I like she's not like she's very smart uh, outside of marrying me. I was going to say um, she almost yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know. Uh, like she, she's very smart outside of that, but like she knows that's just a waste. Why is she going to send me with that? And then she knows I'm not going to eat it. So that's just wasting food. She's smarter than that. Well, yeah, but maybe she expects that you'll donate the food to somebody else if you're not going to eat it like a coward you are mm, i mean i guess that's possible but then it's been in the car for like seven hours like is Oof. it still good at that point i don't know i don't think it is at that point although i we have a friend who once had a burrito in his car for a few days and he still ate it well that's you know that's a different level of insanity uh our our friend there you gotta stop with the way you were eating this pickle <laughs> what you ever eaten a pickle? Absolutely not. I think they're terrible. When I get them on my, you know, you guys have Chick Fil A, right? You have we do Chick Fil A, Canada. Okay, I didn't know if it went to if it crossed over to Canada. It, there's like three locations in Toronto, and I don't think there are anywhere else. Okay, uh, so you know they they put they put um they they put the the pickles on the Chick Fil A sandwich, right? You know about this. On the, on the oh, chicken yeah. sandwich? Yeah. All the chicken sandwiches. Doesn't matter if it's Chick-fil-A everywhere. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. It. Well, yeah, I think that, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not like, right. the, yeah. yeah, you won't get it at like the long boy from, you know, Burger King or the McChicken at McDonald's. But like most. I do think it is on the, I do think it is on the uh, chicken, the, the, the chicken sandwich at McDonald's because I've had it. And like, I feel like I had pickles and I was very offended oh, by this. Right. That, it's that it's a very traditional pickle. topping, the pickle on the, on the chicken sandwich. Okay. Well, I always add, like, no matter what, when I go to Chick-fil-A, I'm like, no pickles. Absolutely not. Like, I don't care if it, you know, messes up their day of, like, wait a second. Now we got to remove this pickle for I don't care. No pickles on my chicken sandwich. Don't bring those pickles into my chicken sandwich. Don't do it. Don't give me a cheesecake. Don't give me pickles. Someone asked me. I don't know if you saw this. They, it was like a cheesecake topped with pickles, which sounds awful. Like That does sound awful. I yeah. did, but I'm also not surprised because the people on Twitter, this is, I've made this illusion before. A beautiful woman posts a mirror selfie of herself. And what's the first thing someone's going to try and say? 
oh, I like your mirror, or oh, I, I see Terminator 2 is in the background. Like, we you, we know what you're doing. Like, you're not striking up a conversation. This isn't the this isn't the club. You're not you're not you're not cool. Like you're not you're not getting anywhere with this. Just you're not smooth. Leave it alone. Just say you look great. Just say yes, Queen Slay. I don't know what you're gonna say as long as it's respectful or you like the photo, but you don't need to be like, ah, oh, I see you also have the same mirror I have. Like well, they ain't looking for that. That's not the validation we're after here. What does this have to do with a pickled cheesecake, Joel? Oh, my point was that someone will always take the commentary at hand and either combine them or go with the absurdist route. And someone has very clearly went with the absurdist route for for a reply. They wanted they wanted you to reply to them. Okay. Well, they got my reply because they they had this pickled cheesecake and they're like, how much to eat this? And I'm like, I will eat this for a hundred million dollars because I want my wife and children to be, you know, live how they are able to live after I die for when this thing eventually digests. So I'll eat one. You just got to pay me a lot of money to make sure my family is well taken care of afterwards. That's fair. Uh, how much did you say you would need? hundred million. Oh, hundred million. Okay. For a minute I was like hundred thousand. Jesus Christ. How cheaply do you live? Good on you. <laughs> hundred million. That's that's what I need. Again, I'm going to make sure everybody's taken care of after I, I inevitably die from this this pickled cheesecake. I love that someone in the chat has already called me out and being like, you're not allowed to tell someone who's cool or not. Listen, I get it. It's true. Yeah, I'm not going to fault you for that statement. But at the same time, there you go. Our pal Val. Our good pal Val's like, I would eat a pickled cheesecake because it sounds dumb AF, so why not? Val would do it. Oh, have some standards, Val. Have some standards. No, she serves Malort as a cocktail, so I don't know if you can really get standards out of that. Love you, Val. <laughs> Have some standards, Val. Don't do that. No, Pickle it's okay. Cheesecake. Guys, we ain't talking any wrestling for like the next few minutes as we wait for Effie to come here. Don't don't expect us to get into any type of like wrestling uh, uh, discussion here. We're talking. Thanksgiving and pickled cheesecake. I, Joel, as a Canadian, you celebrate Thanksgiving in like April or something. Yeah, it's a good uh, time. Is it, is it legit April? No, it's October. I... it's October. Oh. It's usually the second week of October is the Monday. Oh. Okay. All right. Sure. Sure. If you say so. Uh, so I don't, I guess you don't have plans. I don't know. Like, do you, do you have any type of plans? For, do you, what do you do? What do, what do Canadians do on American Thanksgiving? Uh, cyber monday and black friday <laughs> that's about <laughs> it for some reason we got black friday and now we're doing it like the same time as you guys and it makes zero sense but by the way bless bless you america for dropping your black friday deals as easy as early as last night because i was able to book my hotel for vegas at uh-huh. a fraction and it's even gone down further so now i have to contact the hotel today after the show and be like knock another $75 off. I see what you did that when that happened, I was like, Oh, let's go. So uh, bless you for that. We deal hunt on our Thanksgiving because we have nothing else going on up here. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> so you just, you just shop. That's it. You shop online. online. Yeah. I mean, online and in person. I mean, I, I switched my phone plan yesterday because they put out a black Friday deal that worked. So figured I'd try it out. Why not? I mean, it's still Canadian, so like, you know, like it's still a Canadian phone plan, so it's still not good. 
Well, so actually, the reason why I ended up switching was because this particular carrier also includes U.S. Uh, roaming as part of the plan, similar to what T-Mobile does with some of their plans. Uh, it's good okay. stuff. I was happy to do okay. it. Uh, okay. I mean, the, the service is kind of mm, right now because they're a newer company, but uh, you know what? It works. Uh, it'll work where I'm at because I'm mostly at my desk by Windows all day, so I have service. I have Wi-Fi calling. It's good. I even have service in the subway. Who can I complain to? That's good, Joel. That's that's good that you. You ever seen the wrestling matches in the subway? No, but I would love to. As long as they don't like you know, as long as they're not shoot matches. They've been doing that bit for a while now. Bless them. I've seen enough of the shoot matches. I've seen people play Despacito on a on an accordion. I've seen people get, have no pants on in the subway. I've seen people. The walk. subway seems like a scary place. Like we don't, we don't have that in Ohio. If we do, I've never experienced it, but like, uh, yeah, the subway seems like I'm a little afraid to go to New York be because of that. Like everything I like, you gotta be built for something like that. And I don't know if I'm built for that. I've gotten used to it. I'll never forget the first time I took the subway in Toronto. I was going to a party and I was, I had to go from, the Ryerson University campus, it's now Toronto Metropolitan University, but at the time it was Ryerson, which is downtown, to the University of Toronto campus, which is not far on the subway. Traditionally, what you would do is you would go north and then take another train that goes west, and it's like four stops total once you factor in the changeover. I, I was like freaking out about taking the subway for the first time because I didn't know. And so my friend was like, oh, you could just go around the loop on the one line and it'll take you right there. So I went the long way, which was like probably about eight or nine stops just to get to the same party because I had no freaking clue. Once you get used to it, just like anything else, it's easy. That's the subway. That's public transit. Now I can do it inside out. All right. Yeah. Um. I took the DC subways when I was in DC a few years ago, ironically for Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. I, so I did, I did that. Not too much craziness going on in the DC subways for Thanksgiving. That was like fine. Um, I think I took a, the Tampa. No, no, that was also in DC. That was in Tampa. Um, just happened to, yeah. So that's the only time I've done like the, the subways again, feels like you gotta be, I think I assume like the more you see it and everything, the like you just kind of become immune to it. But like, it seems like it's very shocking the first time you're down there and you just have no idea what to expect. Yeah, there are some things that are overwhelming. Um, Toronto has its fair share of incidents that happened on the subway. Unfortunately, COVID like it really messed up this city, and also like mental health services are on the decline here. So that's really really uh, a problem that we have. And as a result, a lot of people take refuge in, in the subway because you can ride around all day and basically not, as long as you're not accosting anyone, you're okay. But long story short, um, there, there have been incidents which really sucks and it kind of puts you on edge, but nine out of 10 times you're okay. You just got to know, you know, when to get up and get off, wait for the next train instead. Yeah. I always feel like I'm going to miss all of that stuff. Like, we did the bus system when I visited Ohio a long time ago and sweared I'd never come back to this place. That didn't work. Um, but we did like the bus system and I was like, when do we get off? When do we get on? That stuff just scared. I'm just like, I just want my own car. I'm, I'll just go everywhere. Like, I, get wor- I get very worried about that kind of stuff of knowing when and, and where to, I was afraid I'll miss my stop. And then I'm just stuck forever on, uh, on, uh, 
on the bus or the sub or whatever vehicle transportation that that I'm on. Yeah, just just let me have my own car on this. That's all I want. Uh, Effie will be here shortly. That's really why we're stalling for time because we why talk about wrestling when our, our wrestling guest is going to be here shortly. Uh, but also, if you haven't already, we said at the top of the show, you can leave a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. But also, donate a super chat, any amount, get your question or statement read on the air, and helps me pay for my Vegas hotel. That's always nice. So uh, get up and get there. I don't get paid. What am I saying? <laughs> Wrestlecade this weekend, Joel. Yes. Um, I told you this off air. I'm going to tell, tell it on air. I'm going to spoil this for everybody. Sorry. No. So Sean don't, Ross Sapp. Don't do it. Don't don't spoil it. Let's bring let's let's bring it on to the uh, when okay. the guest is here. Let's, All right. Fine. We right. got to build to the story. We got to build okay. to the story. I didn't get your listen. We 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 did the pickle spot. It was silly and stupid. Um, we got a couple minutes. Do you do you want to touch on it? I know our part of our charm as a show is expectation setting and just having those honest conversations about you know, why people can tone it down a little bit. Do you want to get into the, the pickle conversation real quick as, as quote unquote media slash writer type people? <laughs> I didn't know this was a thing until yesterday. I saw Joel, uh, not Joel, uh, I saw Sean post about it. I was like, huh? People are like upset about it. And then of course I'm like, yeah, of course people are upset about this stuff. Like why wouldn't they be? Um, well, yeah, I guess people were mad. Like when I saw it happen, I was just happy that, that portion of the press conference was over and they moved on because there was about 20 other people to come up. And then Tony had to still talk for himself for an hour. I didn't think anything of it. Uh, MJF offered it. They went up there. They got it. Like where's the water. Right. Right. Joel. <laughs> Listen, man, I said it. I said, here's my take on Picklegate. Give me a bottle of water. <laughs> You ain't paying me off with the bottle of water. I just, I'm just thirsty at that point. <laughs> oh, I didn't think anything of it when it happened. I was just like, oh, sure. MJF offered pickles. They were up there. Tony Khan clearly had no use for him. He was, you know, he didn't seem to enjoy them at all. So you know, why wouldn't you take them? Like, I don't see the big deal about it. You know, would, would I have done it? Yes, but again, as I said on Twitter, just to save everybody else from eating pickles, I would have, you know, taken the pickles and then I would have hit them away in a safe place so nobody, like, buried them underground somewhere so no one could ever eat them. And, uh, you know, I'd look out for everybody by that. Legitimately, would I have done it? No, because, but I don't like pickles. So, like, no, I wouldn't have. Now, had they offered me, we're not sponsored, but had they offered me a nice cheer wine, Joel, I would have gone up there and had me and I, I would have taken one of the cheer wines probably because I needed to quench my thirst. Um, so yes, I, I wouldn't, I didn't think anything of it until I saw Sean's tweet. I was like, yeah, of course people are upset about this, but whatever. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Joel? Give me a bottle of water. That's right. Uh, I was, I, I saw it and I thought about some people that, I get to sit with when I'm at these scrums and everything. And like, I'm like, I wonder what they would have done. And I think most of the time the answer would have been, no, they probably would not have taken one. That being said, the people who are part of this, these scrums are like very different people from very different outlets doing very different. Things. Some are content creators, some are journalists, you know, majors, some are just taught to go by whatever they're told by their manager. And that's fine. Everyone's got a different, you know, code of ethics or code of expectation for their own publication. 
And that's kind of where I sat on it. I was like, would I have done it? No, probably not. But like for those who did, they were there having a good time. They're probably content creators and they were they were just there to do their thing. Let's ask, let's ask Effie. Effie's here. Uh, I'll let Joel give him a proper introduction in a second. We're just going to bring Effie on. And Effie, your thoughts on pickles. Yeah, I, I mean, eat the pickles. Uh, listen, I, I, you know, I don't, oh no. <clears throat> I'm going to immediately get into the weeds on this. I'm in an Uber <laughs> going to the Atlanta airport. Um, t- Tony Khan hasn't really set these up to be the most official and or, uh, really newsworthy things that really set in kayfabe. I mean, if I have to watch MJF cry for 30 minutes, I need a snack. And I don't think providing food or drinks is really that unnecessary. And if people want to have pickles, if they think their opinion is going to be swayed by pickles, uh, I think they're kind of foolish at this point. I'd eat the pickles. That's what I'm saying. All right. That's fine with me. Listen, let's, let's get into it. So Effie's here. Uh, Elevation Pro presents uh, Effie's Big Gay Thanksgiving. That's tomorrow at Bull City Ciderworks in Lexington, North Carolina. Will there be pickles at Effie's Big Gay Thanksgiving? I'm going to be honest. Effie's Big Gay Thanksgiving, it's the first Effie's Big Gay event that I don't know what the heck's going to happen. Uh, it's, uh, it's being run by the folks at Elevation Pro. I had a little bit of input on everything to make sure it still fit the the bill. Uh, but, you know, I think going in uh, to North Carolina a day early and on Thanksgiving, I kind of forgot it was a holiday when I agreed to it. And now I'm hoping everybody else gets their eating out of the way and they can uh, come have a good time. But a lot of fun talent on the show. Ali Catch will be there. Caden Pierre, uh, someone I've been waiting to get in the ring with, a North Carolina talent. And uh, a few others like Bo Bombshell and Noah Vale, Noah Vale out of Florida who I've had my eye on for a little while, I think it's going to be a really fun show. Uh, Pardon me, I'm going to have to get my stuff out of this car in like two seconds. I'm heading to Denver today, because why would I just go straight to North Carolina? I've got to go to Denver first for roughly 20 hours. (laughs) It's a hell of a layover. Yeah, is it a layover? Are you doing something in Denver? No, no, I have a show tonight for Lucha Libre and Laughs. Oh, there we Uh, go. I'm going to be facing Heidi Howitzer for their heavyweight championship. I saw the promo for that. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. That theater just like sells out with people who don't really watch wrestling most of the time. So they're kind of, uh, they're they're not necessarily like casual fans. They're just people who want to do something on a fun Wednesday night and come have some drinks and get rowdy. And some of them don't even know my name is Effie. I think some of them just call me daddy, which is fantastic. It's a fun kind of crowd to work in front of. Thank you, my friend. Oh, thank you. Oh, all right, you're going to get to watch how luxury my life is right now. Watch this. And I just woke up, so that's honestly, I'm feeling um, a little bit, uh, what, what do you call it when you're worried about, you're like, oh, self-conscious. I'm feeling a little bit self-conscious about the fact that I just woke up. But I think we're going to be all right. Thank you, my man. Have a good one. The Atlanta airport today, we're live on the ground. It's phenomenal. <laughs> I'm going to get hit by a Jeep. I don't give a shit. Watch this. This is the best vlog content we've ever produced, and we're not even <laughs> producing it. Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm here. I'm hanging out. Uh, I love it. I love traveling. I took a week off to see my mom for the first time in a year. That was really nice. And now the big day Thanksgiving, my dad actually lives down the street. So I'm going to go bring Allie Cash to his house and... Uh, hopefully he doesn't think we're married. I mean, we fight and we don't have sex, so we're very similar to most married couples. But I think, you know, he's understood at this point. 
it's usually going to be a boy coming home with me. <laughs> uh, I don't know how we transition to any of this stuff, but I, I want to. I, I do want to ask. Oh, I, I do want to ask about wrestling at Mall of America, which happened earlier this year in first wrestling. What, what was what was that experience like, and why isn't there more wrestling at Mall of America? Uh, I think they actually really like it, trying to keep it kind of a pristine sort of event, so they're limiting it to once a year. But, you know, Hulk Hogan hasn't wrestled there twice. Effie has. Effie wrestled Orange Cassidy the first year there, and then the second year me and Ali wrestled uh, – Ruffo and Yabo the Clown, which was fantastic. Uh, the first year, though, I remember specifically, it was like a group of, you know, Ethan Page and Cole Cabana and uh, Orange Cassidy downstairs, and they were all going, Effie, can you even work like a family-friendly match? Can you can you work PG? And I was like, brother, Effie works clean. Just because I, I go into situations where I don't have to work clean, it doesn't mean I can't work clean. And we went out and had a fantastic PG match for the people of the Mall of America. And this year, I was informed, listen, we can't call your tag team Bussy. The mall, they want, you know, there's kids here. You can't just use the word Bussy all willy-nilly. So they announced this is Allie and Effie, and then the whole mall chanted Bussy. The <laughs> echoes of the Mall of America were just chanting Bussy. And I said, honestly, that's actually cooler. That's actually a lot cooler to just have the people do it for you. So, okay, Effie works clean, and Effie can do anything that's family-friendly. Of course. What created the outspoken, like, not giving a fuck Effie that we see today? (laughs) Uh, I'll quote Jimmy Lloyd. Ever since you stopped smoking weed, you won't stop talking a little bit of shit. Uh, (laughs) I think I've kind of come to this point in my career where, you know, people expect me to sort of speak on things that are not... uh, 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 good for the rest of the professional wrestling business and there are a lot of people still who like you can go through my DMs if you want well, you probably can't uh, there are people you wouldn't expect you saying like you said something you really thought you, uh, you know, spoke out on that uh, you know if I wasn't under contract I would say something as well and I think it's still like I still have to be cautious about what I speak on but there's so much more stuff where I'm like I make my home in professional wrestling I make money in professional wrestling People are going to say about me whatever they want. Like, you've got, you know, Dutch Mantel recording a video about how disgusting me and John Moxley are in our match that's longer than our match. You know, find something else to do, old man. Uh, but there's stuff that still goes on where you're like, I don't want to seem like I'm ever okay with this. I don't care what the statistics or regular things of professional wrestling are. There are people who are screwed financially, which is like the least of it who stay quiet, who don't discuss these things. But then beyond that, there's just like been a history of disgusting people in professional wrestling. And I feel like, you know, I'm in a position where I've continued to make money and I don't have a boss. So if anybody can say something, it's probably the dude who's over in every town he goes to that doesn't really have to answer to anybody else. I We got WrestleCade this weekend. And by the way, I appreciate yeah. that you are uh, outspoken with, with things. You made a lot of headlines with uh, the NWA stuff. You told Billy Corgan to to go fuck himself. Well, listen, it's like I'm just like I've had to kind of understand that like most of my career, I will have to have dweebs as my temp- temporary bosses. You know, I, I worked for like 40 companies last year. A lot of them were fantastic. A few times you're going, what am I doing with my life? 
but it's uh, it's sad to see how how bad he sort of fucked up a pretty easy silver platter of things. I mean, this is a guy who's you know been on record telling the talent, oh yeah, I picked that girl because she's really awkward to watch, and that's what I like about it. And you're going, I, are you purposely just trying to make a bad product? It's confusing. And yesterday, of course, everybody had to stick it to me. All the NWA people had to stick it to me saying, oh, we ruined our TV deal as they were bragging about being unceremoniously slapped on the fucking CW app, which has like 100,000 downloads. I mean, granted, 100,000 is more than signed up to watch Ring of Honor at this point, and it's a little behind a pay window, but like, come on, dude, getting slapped on the CW app is not the same as being press release announced as being a huge part of the CW's future expansion and programming like NXT got. Clearly, you guys are put on some sort of a back burner, and if you want to brag about that, that's fine. But, like, this isn't where the future of wrestling is going to go. This isn't what's going to be the big national breakout for NWA. And maybe you guys should just focus on trying to have, like, good matches. I don't know. All right. I got I got a comment on this because I'm one of the 100,000 that have the CW app. We, were not, we will not slander F-Boy Island, home, CW, home of F-Boy Island. Well, I... I think you're, you're bringing up a good point, which is most of the people that have the CW app are watching, like, Riverdale reruns and, I guess, the Green Lantern, uh, you know, Stephen Amell, not not big in my book right now, after his uh, scabbing comments. You know, as a proud member of SAG after I stand uh, very proudly for those in the strike, and um, I guess which would include me, but, like, even with that many downloads of it, they act like, oh, we've got this huge audience now. Nobody's there's no reason to go seek it out on the app at this point. But you know what? More power to them. More jobs in wrestling. Uh, I just, I think you guys picked the wrong trade. I, I do want to bring up WrestleCade. This is the first year, I believe, that GCW is involved with uh, with uh, WrestleCade. And you were part of this. You were teaming with Alley Catch and Violent J, the Insane Clown Posse, against yes. the... Oh, it's against, Insane Clown Bussy. Let's get yes, it. Right. Insane Clown, clown Bussy. Yes. yes. Uh, yes and then against the Mortons and, and George South, how does this match come together? And then I have a very important question for you after. after yeah, I, uh, I hope it's not this. the question I'm thinking. Uh, this is the first time I politics for anything. Uh, <laughs> me and Ali actually have a history uh, of Juggalo-related activities. One of my biggest regrets was missing out on the Juggalo Halloween party I was invited to, uh, but... I go back, uh, you know, pretty deep with my jugglers. And if you look at the juggalo community, there's a lot of things you can say about them, but they are accepting of all people. They are accepting of people who come into their juggalo world. You know, Jimmy Lloyd, Joey Janela, uh, Matt Justice, Josh Bishop, these guys have been working at Juggalo Championship Wrestling. And earlier this year, Violent J followed me on Instagram. So I was like, okay, wait, he knows who I am. So we at least have that going for us. But I got to say, I am a little nervous to face Ricky and Kerry Morton at this point. Uh, and not as specifically George South, because, you know, if things go really wrong, he's hosting a praise and worship so- session Sunday morning at WrestleCade, so I can go get forgiven. Uh, but Violent J, uh, Ricky Morton, and Kerry Morton all featured on the NWA recently. So I'm sure um, I'm sure I'm going to take a tater to the mouth for that one, because Ricky Morton is going to tell me I should uh, I should keep it to myself. All right. Well, here we go. Here's This sets up my next question perfectly. Can you stiff Ricky Morton back? Because at WrestleCade a few years ago, Ricky, <laughs> uh, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why, Effie. 
Ricky Morton comes up to I'm 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 hanging out with Sean Rossap, my boss. Who'd he ever beat? And Ricky Morton comes up and he's like, Sean, I've been messaging you. You know, how come you don't message me back and everything? And Sean's like, Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then Sean's like, Hey, here's here's our lead writer, Jeremy Lambert. And Ricky says to me, Oh, nice to meet you, brother. Well, let me tell you, nobody gives a fuck. And like just crushed me <laughs> right there. And ever since then, I needed to get some type of revenge. So can you like just pop him back? This is for Jeremy, and then just pop him right back at him. I I can try, but uh, <laughs> Rick, Ricky Morton's had my number for a few years. I debuted my blonde hair for the first time against Ricky Morton, and a little behind the scenes, I went to dinner the night before, and he said, "Happy, what'd you do to your hair?" And I said, "I dyed it blonde to fuck with you," and that was the facts at the time. And now. I redyed it because I have another action figure coming out. And uh, it turns out Blonde Effie was pretty over at the time and deals were made. But Ricky Morton, I got to tell you, he's very calm most of the time. But if you piss him off, uh, he will beat the hell out of you. And I've been uh, first and center for that. Now, uh, Allie and myself have had a little bit of experience. We did get to face not the Rock and Roll Express, but the Cock and Roll Express, uh, which is both Ricky Morton and Two Cold Scorpio. One time in Detroit, it was a pretty fantastic match. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we know the playbook a little bit, but, you know, his son, Kerry, is uh, one of the one of the wildest men I've ever met. Uh, he, he doesn't show it as much on TV. He's trying to maintain his good reputation, but he's a psychopath. And I think with George South and his barbed wire bat, uh, Ricky Morton and his uh, secret underground attitude and Kerry, we've got a big task ahead of us. But... You know, Violet J's got friends around Russell Kane as well. I think if we need a little backup, we can surely find it. Well, if you if you want to take liberties, again, this is this happened in 2021, so it's long term storytelling. Two years in the making. I'll be there. I'll be at the event. I'll be at Russell Kane this okay, weekend. Let's go. So you know, if you want to take liberties, you know, tell him it's from me. He'll he won't remember this at all. Uh, and we'll you know we'll it'll be okay. I, I think you. We, we can handle it. We can handle it, Effie. Yeah, and I think, like, just the rest of the card, too, GCW is kind of showing off a little bit. I mean, first time ever, Mance Warner versus Joey Janela, kind of crazy. Billy Starks coming back from TV to take the GCW belt off of Blake Christian, finally. And uh, Matt Cardona going to be facing Speedball Mike Bailey. Now, if you talk about a, a difference in styles and uh, the way they look at wrestling, there are no two men who look at wrestling differently. Uh, you know, Speedball's going, how many of my moves can I get in the match? And Matt Cardona's going, if you dive, I'm going to move. So I'm, I'm honestly, I'm really excited to just watch the match. I'm going to be hanging out all day Saturday as well, doing signings and stuff at the Extreme World Wrestling table. But the show itself Friday, I think, is going to be uh, pretty hectic. It's a big week ahead. I mean, I've, I've got, you know, three shows and a, and a signing. And then I'll be at the Ladies' Day Out show, Ladies' Night Out. It's in the day. Uh, Sunday. Really, to, to see Alley Cats versus Stu Young, which is a match that I think has uh, been needed for a long time. Uh, before we let you go, because I know you got to get on your flight and everything, two questions. One, you <laughs> mentioned your Juggalo connection. What's your favorite flavor of Fago Cola? Uh, okay, my favorite flavor of Fago Cola is uh, uh, Rock and Rye. Rock and Rye is a must have. I only ever find it like in Indiana or like in uh, some parts of Missouri. Like it's a lesser out flavor, but like I, I think it's a, I think it's a magical soda. I'm a big root beer like sassa, sassa what is it called? Sassa, 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 sassa
rock and rye is uh, right up my alley with that. Plus, I don't drink anymore, so any chance I get to consume rye that's not in whiskey, you know, I got to take my flavors out and get them. Fair enough. And then I got my last, my last, last one because it's the holidays. What's your favorite holiday side dish? Uh, sweet potato casserole. I have a rule where I'm not coming to your uh, Thanksgiving meal or your holiday meal unless you're promising sweet potato casserole. And I follow that rule over to barbecue restaurants. If you're a barbecue restaurant that doesn't have some sort of yams or sweet potato uh, side dish, I'm not going to your restaurant. I love barbecue, but not enough to give up the sweet potatoes on the side. You needed to cut through the vinegar. Sweet potato casserole. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. We'll, we'll get that done. Effie, Effie, thank you so much. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Oh, Hold go, on. go, go. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I'm good. I, I, got, I got one more. Uh, can you say something mean about Cole Radrick? Whoa, mean about Cole Radrick? <laughs> what we do here? I'm so proud of my boy, though, truly, because I uh, he went to England on his own. The English people don't have the best food in the world, so I think he treated it as a little bit of a cut. No offense, England. Like, I like meat pies and mushy peas, but it's not for everyone. Um, and I hope I get to see Cole Radzik really soon. Wink, wink, and hint. I can't say anything mean about him except for I haven't gotten to see him in like a month. It's like the longest I've gone in three years without seeing Cole Radzik. He's one of my best teams in the world, but uh, he needs to get his ass back to America and show up. So hopefully, hopefully we find ourselves in a warm embrace very shortly. I will. I will pass along pleasantries to him. We're we're speaking with yes. him later on uh, tonight, oh, so I will I will perfect. tell him hello. Cole's a pal. Cole's a pal. He's the sweetest. I just want to he like is. give him a big hug and feed him uh, chicken tenders. That's like <laughs> that's my goal right now. <laughs> Effie, thank you so much for joining us. Let everybody know where they can find you at. Uh, on all social media: Instagram, Twitter, I think Facebook, Threads now, uh, Blue Sky now. It's Effie lives. And uh, you can follow me on Twitch every Monday at 8 p.m. We watch independent wrestling for three hours after he lives on Twitch. Uh, so there's no other wrestling happening on Monday nights at 8, right? That's why we watch the indie stuff. So join us on that. Next week, we're going to have Alley Catch on the show, thinking the matches. And, uh, I also have a podcast, Weekend at Effie's. It's a week-to-week journey live where I explain what the fuck is going on in my life to my lovely roommate and spiritual guy, Pitar. You can find it on Spotify, uh, Apple, all the podcast places. Weekend and Effie's. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. I'll see you this weekend. Um, I'll, I'll say yeah. hello, and Good. I'll try to get you to punch Kerry Morton and, and Ricky, and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll double tag them. <laughs> we'll see who gets to we'll, we'll see who gets to the punch first. Uh, yes, I, I think Ricky's going to put a little punishment on me this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'll be rooting for you. I'm, I'm team. Thank I'm you. team insane clown Bussy. So I'm, yeah, I'm and I think you're going to see Bussy like you've never seen them before. Whoop whoop. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to this weekend. I look forward to seeing everybody, including yourself. Effie. Safe travels and uh, you know, good luck with everything this weekend. Thanks, man. Be safe, guys. Take care. Bye. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Effie. There we go. <laughs> Effie's fantastic. I can I, every time I get to chat with, interact with, be around that guy, it's always great. Just, just fantastic. Um, I, I've listened to plenty of Effie interviews and everything. I've seen plenty and stuff. Always one, just open, kind of open book, honest uh, about everything, which you know we appreciate on stuff. And just a guy you can just have fun with. Anybody who is open and, and likes to kind of joke around, have fun, doesn't take it takes it serious, but like understands it's professional wrestling at the same time like those are the best kind of people so yeah absolutely good to to check with Evie. yeah we are having uh for for further just throw it out there we're supposed to have cole on spotlight recording tonight uh airing tomorrow so that's why i I also wanted him to say something mean about cole so just make it up (laughs) yeah it's like you know what effie said about you on today's show (laughs) listen pickles are now in conversation so journalistic integrity is completely out the window we've already discussed this (laughs) Uh, again thanks to effie go check out if you're in lexington north carolina tonight or sorry tomorrow go check out uh, effie's big gate thanksgiving that's with elevation pro uh and wrestlecade is this weekend and jeremy lambert's going to be there sean ross app is going to be there a lot of people are going to be there gcw is going to be there and you can go check out effie all around wrestlecade weekend at the benton convention center in winston-salem go check that out it's gonna be a fun weekend uh yeah wrestlecade this weekend um looking forward to it i'm gonna get there on friday friday afternoon at, at some point and then i'll be there until tuesday yeah if you if you're there at wrestlecade come i don't know if we have a table this year at uh at wrestlecade um i know we did a couple years ago uh so I'm not sure if there's a table. If there's a, if we do have a table set up, come say hi to myself or or Sean. You probably just want to talk to Sean. You probably don't want to talk to me. Um, Unless you, know. you wear your Jeremy Lambert t-shirt, which you can buy on Fightful. In the yeah, are those things still up? I don't know. Let's go find know. that while you talk about it. <laughs> I, don't know. I, had a, I had a t-shirt. I, I did. I think like five of them sold. Uh, I was I was one of them. But I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they're they're still up or, or not, honestly. But you know, go, it go is. get one. Okay. The All Point right. God Premium Tea is still available at shop.fightful.com. Sure, sure. I go believe the, it. There's still a the van shirt. Uh-huh. Sands of time. The holiday hump. That that's topical. We have a sour grass. Oh, we have a that's metal in your lungs. Talking about topical. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Fightful's The Hump tea now. What What is going on here? Why We should get a In the Weed shirt, right? We I mean, I got a, a custom we need, one. We need a proper logo for that yeah. shirt. But yes, absolutely okay. we should. We're still soliciting logos. I know uh, I've gotten a couple. I appreciate it. I'm going to get to. I'm going to get back to y'all about that stuff. Uh, yeah, my God. Did you Did you have this moment when Effie dropped off, like when we finished the conversation and he left, and all of a sudden everything was super quiet? Did, was that jarring? Because that was very jarring to me. <laughs> Yeah, like that. Oh no, that was just you freezing. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have any moment. I had a moment of freezing, is what I had. 
Well, no, because he dropped off the call, and I was so used to like the ambient noise and like that whistle in the background and the cars, and all of a sudden he dropped off, and it's like, oh, we're back in like studio format where <laughs> the rooms are, you know, treated and comfortable. <laughs> it's very strange. Uh, all right, what what are we talking about? Uh, there's, there's actual wrestling to talk about. We're 45 minutes in the show. We've talked about nothing. Well, no, we've talked about pickles, so we're good. Uh, Marcus Ryan sent a super chat saying, have a great Thanksgiving to everyone at Fightful. Thank you, Marcus. We appreciate you. Have a Thank wonderful you. Thanksgiving as well. We hope uh, for all y'all celebrating, it's a comfortable and fun and easy time with whoever you spend it with. Whether it's yourself, people you like, people you don't like, a lot of that. Just find the good in it. Have the fun in it. Uh, have a pickle or something. There should there should be a t-shirt of uh, the cake face. Uh, yes, that, that photo should be out there. I feel like absolutely. Uh, so okay, we can start with the Randy stuff, or we can do Continental Classic stuff. The Continental- what is there to talk about the Continental Classic? We don't know okay. who's part of it. So, no, we don't. However, they did announce Tony, 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 and Eddie. That sounds like a Nickelodeon show from the nineties. Uh, they're going to be announcing it's Tony Giovanni, Tony Khan and Eddie Kingston. Uh, they're going to be announcing the field at 1 PM Eastern on YouTube, on the AEW YouTube channel, uh, which, you know, in terms of getting people, okay. I'm of two mindsets. Either this field is going to get some people excited with six hours before dynamite, talk about it, ruminate on it, or they think it's big enough that people are going to talk about it, but really it might not fall heavy enough. Because, Jeremy, you and I have talked about how important is this tournament? Therefore, how important are the names? Will it be enough to get people excited for it? Or is it just going to be a mid-card tournament with, you know, a few heavy hitters like Danielson? And I guess Andrade as well. I don't know if I count Andrade as that heavy hitter. Anyway, you know what I'm getting at. Is this is this going to be a big enough tournament to warrant the conversations that will follow Head of Dynamite? nothing in wrestling is big enough to warrant any of the conversations that follow. <laughs> Very good point. We'll see you on Friday. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, people are going to be excited about it, even if it's quote unquote mid card people, because a lot of fans like a lot of these wrestlers, right? I don't think they're going to be, they can, who are they going to put in there where people are going to be like, Hmm. Jeff Jarrett, I don't think Jeff Jarrett's going to be part of it. You're going to have good wrestlers in it. Like I don't think that's a far-fetched statement to say. AEW's littered with good wrestlers. Um, you know, the importance of it, I think, has already been decided by what the stakes are. They're getting this triple crown title, which to me is a little mid-card-ish because it's the ROH title, it's the New Japan Strong title, and it's this new Continental title it's kind of secondary stuff which okay fine like that's all right not no big deal that's that's what the stakes are i think the stakes should be a world title shot they're not all right that's their that's their decision is to make it a singular triple title uh but the i think the field will be good i think people will be excited about the field obviously you're gonna have people who are like oh why is this person in it kind of thing you're gonna need people who are gonna take losses you're going to have to accept. I want I want to make this part very clear. You're going to have to accept that people are going to lose in this tournament. All right? Put your money where your fucking mouth is and understand that people are going to lose in this tournament. And that's okay. Takeshka might be in it. He's probably going to take some losses. He's probably 
which is a little unfortunate that, you know, after the Omega stuff, like I think Takeshi should actually go far in this tournament if he's in it. Um, Mark Briscoe is going to have to take some losses. Brian Danielson, he loses anyway. He's fine with losing. He's probably going to take some L's. Like people got to take L's in this tournament. And there might be a person who you really like. Let's say, for instance, a Buddy Matthews, who I think for the most part, uh, people like, they're going, he might lose a lot. And it's not because he's a bad wrestler. Yes. How is that different from any other Buddy Matthews match? It's, it's, it's honestly not that different. Like you're just gonna have to accept that he's gonna lose a lot because that's where they've positioned him. Not everybody can win every match. I do actually think it would be better if they just had somebody like Josh Woods. Um, and I know like that he's not well known to the hardcore AEW. I guess the hardcore AEW fan base he is, but he's not really on AEW TV, right? I don't know if he's ever really been on AEW TV. Someone like Josh Woods is somebody who can go out there, have good matches and just lose. And the ROH fans are like, well, why is this Josh Woods losing all the time? People got to lose in this tournament. Okay. That's just, that's what's got to happen. People are going to lose in this tournament and you're just going to have to accept that. I think the field will be good. Again, you mentioned, you just mentioned names of like Takeshka possibly being it, Buddy Matthews in it. I'm cool if Josh Woods is in it. I like Josh Woods. Um, I don't know if there's I there should be some type of New Japan talent. Uh, a lot of people are tied up in tag league right now, I, so I don't know who you get from New Japan. New Japan Strong. You know it's a cool name, and I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, but I'll, I'll throw a couple names at you. Two names. One, Tom Waller, big staple of New Japan Strong. Two, Fred Rosser, another big staple of New Japan Strong. I've I've been saying on this show and others for months that Fred Rosser is due an opportunity in, in AEW. We talked about it going into uh, Forbidden Door. You, you, me, and Kate were all of a, in the agreement that why isn't Fred Rosser at least in a pre-show match or at least somewhere? Because he carried that strong division, that strong company for the bulk of the pandemic. He came out with a new character. He carried the flag. He became the, the again, to go back to the flag bearer for New Japan Pro Wrestling and the strong brand. I don't know where he's been or why he hasn't been given that opportunity, but I agree with you. And Filthy Tom is, is he's Tom Lawler, of course. Like, no, I don't think anyone would have a problem with Tom coming back to AEW and having a, a good few matches or three. Uh, somebody said Jeff Cobb. Yep, that's good. Good shout. Um, I mean, he's in tag league, so he's not. Uh, yeah, so bring yeah. Okada. If you bring Okada yeah. to lose every match as is tradition in AEW. <laughs> So Jeff Driver saying, you know, he loves those guys. He doesn't think that the audience will respond positively to that. Maybe they wouldn't, but like, you know. But that's the but point of these tournaments is that you tell these stories. They may come in not knowing or caring about these people. It's then on the company. It's on the talent. It's on the storytelling in this production for you to care how many g1 talent come in with people like i oh, just got coming to lose and then they show out in like the press conference and then they have good matches here and there and then suddenly people are like oh okay this guy's actually for me or someone i like I, you're not trying to make everybody out of this tournament but you're at least going to bring in some talent that will eventually change your mind or get you a little more invested that's on the company and the talent and the storytelling and the booking that's why I never like the, you know, no one's going to care. Well, then th make them care. It says it's not AEW's job to boost New Japan guys. I mean, there's yeah, a New Japan title. title involved. Yeah. 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 There's a New Japan title involved. So like it, it, 
they there probably should be a new Japan talent in there. Um, just for that simple fact alone, there should also be ROH talent in there for for that. Yeah, so that's why I think somebody like a Josh Woods would would make some sense. Um, those guys do matter to New Japan Strong, Jeff. Like they're literally staples of New Japan Strong. I mean, maybe you don't associate New Japan Strong with like the New Japan stuff but like let's not diminish the hard work of tom waller and fred rosser and carrying rocky romero puts those guys over all all those all the time like they they should be involved more and just because new japan treats them terribly by not featuring them on new japan shows aw should honestly they should show like hey you come here and we are uh in you know we will treat you a little bit better kind of the the detriment to pandemic wrestling was that people were not necessarily following strong and and again i was kind of on and off with it too uh but at the time it was being presented very well it was a very popular uh booked product people liked the way it was being booked but like the eyes weren't on it because it was empty spaces it was just talent that you didn't necessarily know but they really really did good jobs when josh alexander went over and worked a few matches i was like oh i gotta watch this because i like josh alexander he's hometown he's impact and i talk about impact for the for the site so it was like oh i I gotta watch this stuff and i kept watching new japan strong i went back and watched some more of their stuff they're just uh yeah they're a curious case that was kind of screwed over by the pandemic operating the way it did and the way that you know people did or didn't want to watch wrestling at the time I don't think they'll be involved in this tournament. Just throwing names out there of you can hopefully they get good matches out of it. And to the AW audience, you know, if Fred Rosser just gets beat, he gets beat. If Tom Lawler gets beat, he gets beat. Like you know, give him a couple of wins and then make him look okay. Um and then, you know, otherwise they're probably there to take losses. That is unfortunately going to again, that's gonna be the role for a lot of people. They're gonna have to take L's. And you got to accept that the The point is, as Tony said, of like, you want great wrestling matches with no interference, just straight sports presentation style. That's what you're going to get here. And hopefully these guys who do take L's get over in the process of, of losing some of these matches, because, you know, that's, that's also the point is, uh, you know, get over despite losing. Yeah, the the Tony comment that everyone's talking about, the put your money where your mouth is with an expletive involved. King of the Dot. What was that? <laughs> that's, no. a, that's the slogan of King of the Dot, a battle rap league. Got you. Okay, well, put your money where your mouth is everyone's slogan if you work yeah, hard no. enough. Anyway, uh, Tony making that comment, and then, you know, is it... I, I This is why I go back and forth. It's like, is, is AEW, are the fans wanting always a sports like presentation are they wanting that entertainment again i view wrestling personally as as entertainment based with sport like feel in that you need stories to get you invested in the matches not just the matches getting you invested in story where in the ropes is different from outside the ropes i'm wondering if the sports like feel that tony might go for with the continental classic i wonder if that's going to be enough to like bring that fan base into the the product and get them invested and will they stay and will they be interested in stuff that like mjf is doing because it's very different than anything that's being presented in the continental classic like i go back to what he said and a lot of people were like oh it's very you know there was a different differing of opinions as to using the words you know put your money where your mouth is and how that affects your fan base um 
but is that there were a lot of think pieces on that little line? Yeah, there were, and, and you know what? And I and I'll be honest, some of the people that that I respect in in this sphere, I went and I read some of their think pieces, and some of them made really good points. I think that basing an entire life based on four words, then or six words, whatever it was. It, you can do better. It's, it's just like me putting up a thumbnail that says JY Barry, but then also going into a full reason as to why he's not is why you sometimes need to go beyond the headline. Uh, so yeah, I just, I wonder, is this going to be enough for maybe AW fans of 2019 who were looking for that sports-like presentation? Is that enough or is AW going to continue making this trend towards doing more entertainment-based storylines or entertainment storytelling? Like what's, what's kind of your take going into this? Uh, similar to what I said on Monday is I don't want this to be a, a, I don't know, false prophet is the word of this. Like, let's say they use, and this is why I think you probably got to stick with like relatively well-known AEW names. Cause let's say they use somebody like a Tom Waller and then you put him in there against Buddy Matthews. And then you wonder why people have tuned out because, who Tom Waller's not really been featured. Buddy Matthews is he takes a lot of the losses. It's like why okay, why are we up for this match? Just because it's a tournament match. Like this is why, as much as I would like to see some new Japan talent, some ROH talent, you probably do need to use a lot of your AEW talent uh and people who have been featured throughout however long they've been they've been featured on television or um so that way people aren't tuning out to this stuff because it kind of, it happens with the women's division in, in some respects, you know, dynamite the other week uh, that, that did the people were like, Oh, the rating was, was really bad despite no competition from like the world series or whatever. Like it went down in viewership from the previous week, which was the world series game. And it's because uh, a couple of segments, it was the gun squash and it was the women's match, whatever the women's match was that week i think it was like willow and and sky maybe that week those segments didn't didn't do very well and that hurt the overall rating um and it's like okay well willow's been losing a lot sky has been this weird presentation and the gun squash against i think it was the outrunners uh they faced uh, in that particular squash match it's like yeah nobody like tuned in to watch this austin and colton gun squash and then you couldn't regain the audience type of thing you're gonna have uh you know it was uh, sorry it was the bollywood boys that they i want to get facts correct here it was bollywood boys it was julia hart and red velvet that's when completely off base that's when viewership kind of took a hit on that show it started off strong with mjf daniel garcia uh darby allen and sting actually faced the outrunners swerve and penta did a good number joe keith lee did a good number and then guns stuff is when it dropped and they couldn't like pick it back up so this is the problem you're going to run into uh with the with the with the tournament potentially is if you give people hey here's get throwing names out there tom waller buddy matthews you might expect it to drop uh so here's here's a Sorry, I just went off on a, a little tangent there. Sorry, Joel. To answer your actual question of of like the the presentation of thing, let's be honest about it. AEW's always had sports entertainment presentation. They have. It's just it's been a part of the AEW universe. Bless Cody, love him. Him smashing the throne is sports entertainment stuff. Like, but 
I think that the difference in what it was then, in some respects, not not in all, is the the part of it felt like there was the realism aspect to it. Cody smashing a throne, a little sports entertainment, but like you knew why he was doing it. That felt of a real life moment for him. Now it is more prominent sort of, but like look at the Jericho stuff and the Jericho skits when he was the champion, right? That Jericho did the big celebration, not celebration, but a courting of John Moxley to get him into the, the inner circle before Moxley didn't accept. And then that set up the match. Um, yeah. Jericho does a lot of sports entertainment. Jericho is like the biggest of, of sports entertainment stuff. You might it even was call not, him a sports entertainer. Yeah, it, it was it was not the overwhelming theme of the shows back then, though. It was not as prominent in the main event picture like it is now. And the matches, there were certainly less interference, less distraction stuff like there is nowadays. Like now it's very prominent. And that's why Tony's like no interferences, stuff like that. Um, like, that is what is more prominent now. And now they like really go kind of full bore with, with the comedy and it's, and it's in the main event. And I think that's also a big issue that a lot of people have is it's plaguing. Um, sorry to use that term, but like it's plaguing the main event stuff. And I think that's where people are getting a little upset of like, all right, maybe it happens in this match on the undercard. Fine. But like that main event at full gear was full WWE style main event. And I don't think AEW fans want that. That's where the alternative comes in. Like people want an alternative. If you're just going to do WWE stuff, no matter how well it's done, one, people have seen it for years. Two, you can't do it better than WWE. Whether it's presentation, whether it's how it's shot, whether it's characters, like WWE's perfected that. They've perfected it. Yeah, there's not much I can add to that statement because i i largely agree with you that there you know people are saying in the chat now it's more there's more comedy and the comedy isn't always very comedic that's kind of the thing it's sometimes the writing just kind of falls by the wayside and that's less of an indictment on the of the idea and more on the execution okay go ahead my point really was that the continental classic is going to offer an alternative to what is aw being an alternative which it's not a bad thing if that's a back to basics mentality that's not a bad thing my i guess my only concern at the end of this whole tournament is is this going to feel thrown together as much as it's already felt thrown together because when they announced it it was like oh cool this is great and then a lot of us went into speculation mode being like it'd be great if this was for a title shot and maybe anytime or maybe at revolution or whatever it is set up something for the long run and then what started to make it feel like it was thrown together was the eddie kingston promo and then the put your money where your mouth is and now the reveal is on youtube which i get is going to promote for later on in the night but it just it felt like we were not we were. I feel like there are certain letdowns that came with it, but now it's going to be on the company to, again, tell stories within this particular tournament to get us invested. And I believe that they can in this particular style of tournament. I do wish they'd given out the competitors beforehand because that's the fun of sports, right? Like, that's fun of, like, the G1. But, like, the bracket... Uh, the, the NCAA tournament bracket. Oh, here's the bracket. Let's everybody fill out a bracket. 
oh, here's you know, the NBA playoffs start and stuff. Like you got a couple days before the games, but you know what the seedings are. You know, okay, let's start predicting winners and everything. The G1, they announced that field like a month or so in advance. And you're like, oh, okay, let's start doing like a, you know, a, a lot of websites run like a G1 pick them and everything. You get to pick the winners of each match. Like you see the schedule laid out. And so you get to start going through and pick the winners and everything. There's nothing of this. We know four out of 12 people and we're going to know the the rest seven hours before dynamite. We don't even know if there's going to be a schedule. We don't even know if they're going to have like who's in which block. I assume they're going to at least give us that much. Um, but we, we don't know what they're going to give us uh, heading into. See, I like the idea of if there was a schedule too, because if you're planning to go, to like a dynamite or a collision and you're and you're like oh shit i know i'm gonna get this match then it's like you might be more like willing to go to this but like right now if there's no schedule you're like okay i'm gonna get a tournament match shit what if i get this match when i really want to see this match what if i get this wrestler i want to see this wrestler like it, it, it it's better when you kind of have this stuff thrown out there because so people can plan a little bit. I'm just a couple things from uh, Jeff Valley Driver, who uh, we like, we appreciate. He gave us the the great uh, speculate, don't expect line. Um, you like him? I, I you like him? I tolerate him because he's a countryman. Fair, fair. He's <laughs> uh, a Mox and Jericho was the sports entertainment main event viewed. It was, but this is the part of the realism stuff, and like Mox feels very real, and it, it's just a persona perception of him like everything john moxley does feels very real yes jericho 100 percent sports entertainer again there was aspects of sports entertainment to cody and and uh jericho as well that cody promo before full gear real promo mox when he speaks again gives you that realism vibe mjf total sports entertainment comedy belt stealing stuff with jay white a lot of sports entertainment stuff so maybe it's just me of how i perceive john moxley of like Everything this dude is fucking legit. Um, and then you say, I don't think you can say, I don't think that's what AW fans want because AW not a monolith. I think that I'm well, and I hope people know I'm not speaking for every AW fan, but what was AEW founded on? Right? Like AW was founded on being the alternative. That was the rallying cry of we're gonna give you something different, we're gonna give you an alternative. And then right or wrong. But you can look at the numbers and when they start dropping and how they've gone down over the years and the stuff they've been leaning into. And so, yeah, maybe not every AEW fan wants this. Certainly, I'm sure there are AEW fans who like this. AEW was founded on being an alternative. And some of the stuff they're doing right now ain't much of an alternative. I was going to say something and now I forget what it was. So clearly, I'm on top of things. Well, we're going to see how that goes. Uh, sorry, sorry, I was—I I literally just had the, had my moment, and I forgot what we were talking about. I know what we're talking about. I forgot where I was going with my comments. Um, but either either way, um, someone had pointed out something that I agreed with. Oh, it was you, Jeremy. It was you with your where where they should promote the the matches or that they should be promoting the matches ahead of time because this is something that they, they need to fill arenas they need to fill the venues that they're booking is, does AEW and as a result if you tell me brian danielson is going to be on this show this show this show i'm going to buy my ticket based on that if you tell me brian's part of the continental classic who knows which one then you create a you you potentially create a problem because 
again, we know in wrestling fandom, some people immediately assume that the thing they want is happening where they are or what with their expectations. And then it doesn't align with their expectations. And as a result, people get upset. That makes it more on, on AEW, on Tony Khan to just be like, these are the matches. This is this is how it works. It's a round robin tournament, so it's not like uh, it's not a single elimination. It's not like you're you're out if you lose. No, you're part of this whole thing. So if Danielson's going to be on, you know, tonight's episode, and then possibly on Collision or whatever it is, like I want to know in advance so that I can go get my tickets. The walk up scenario works for now, but it's not going to work forever. And this is their opportunity. This is also this is a dangerous game, by the way, playing the. Uh, the will he or won't he show up or advertising a full bracket without advertising things in advance for the matches. That was a WWE thing like five years ago. And people got real upset when they'd show up being like, Oh, John Cena is going to be here in the dark main event. And then they'd be like, Oh, no, John Cena. Here's, you know, the Miz versus Braun Strowman or whatever it was. Two guys at the time who were on the roster that you saw earlier in the night, that became a point of contention for a lot of fans who were getting burnt out, not only because of stories, but also because, they were just kind of baiting and switching the dark main events or the, the appearances. It's one thing to promote somebody. It's another thing to completely nerf on it and be like, no, oh, they're not here, but cards subject to change. Can't play that game. And especially in this particular tournament, you can't play that game. This is something I think AEW people have talked about or people have talked about when it comes to AEW for a little while, when it comes to promotion, and things like that. Like Brian Danielson, if you go to the AW events page, he's front and center of this Pittsburgh show this weekend to the point where I almost thought I was like, I might just stay here, go watch Danielson wrestle on Saturday instead of go to WrestleCade. But then Tony made it seem like, Oh no, Brian, not, probably not going to be in Pittsburgh. He can't fly because of his eye. The thing. Okay. Well then like, he's not going to be there. Maybe remove him from the poster in that case, because I think people may have bought tickets on the expectation that, hey, Brian Danielson's going to be here. And then when you announce him for this tournament, it's like, oh, Brian Danielson maybe maybe wrestling here because he's on the poster, and he's pulled from WrestleCade. So it's like, oh, okay, that that lends more credence. But my my overall point is like, when you go to an AEW show, they do a very good job. I'll give AEW credit here. They do a very good job of like telling you what's going to be on the show. Typically, the week before, they have like here's what's next week and WWE has gotten better about this, but for the longest time they were awful about it. Uh, they, they tell you like, here's going to be next week, but these posters are just packed with 500 people and stuff. And you don't know if you're actually going to see them live in person. I thought about this the other week. Um, not the, not this past week because Moxley and, uh, orange Cassidy wrestled. They, they were in that tag team match the week before though. I forget where they were and everything, but like Moxley and Orange Cassidy were on the poster for that. And you're thinking like, oh, cool, going to go here. I'll get to see John Moxley and Orange Cassidy. They just did like a pre-tape thing. It's like, oh, shit, like John Moxley and Orange Cassidy aren't there. If you go to a WWE event, for the most part, like if you go to Raw or SmackDown, for the most part, there are some exceptions. You know who you're going to get on a show to show basis. Like Roman is basically the biggest exception because you don't know which SmackDown he's actually going to show up. And they do a good job of like not advertising him on any of the promotional stuff. Raw, you go there, you know, you're probably going to see Seth, you're going to see Cody, you're going to see Judgment Day a hundred times. Like you're going to see all of these guys. Like AEW, 
if they're on the poster, it doesn't mean that you're actually going to see them. The Young Bucks are on this poster, by the way, tonight for Chicago, but they're allegedly taking time off. I don't know. Sammy Guevara is, is on this poster. He hasn't wrestled in two months, almost. Uh, I don't know if people are buying tickets to Sammy Guevara, but my, my point is, like, they're putting these people on this poster of like, hey, come see these people. And then you show up and it's like, oh, wait, these people are actually not at this show. I'm looking at the calendar and I'm trying to, I'm just trying to decipher. So if Brian's part of this tournament there, he wouldn't really, if, if he's driving only, unless he's going to be making some long ass drives, that's a long drive from Arizona to Pittsburgh. Well, that's the thing. You wouldn't see him until December 13th. That's three weeks away when they start doing the Texas loop. Cause they've got dynamite, and Rampage in Arlington, and then they go to Garland, Texas on Saturday the 16th, and then they're in Oklahoma City. He can make the drive again on December 20th, 23rd. They're in San Antonio, and then they're in Florida. I doubt uh, He might make the drive because it's it's Orlando, and it's the final, uh, the block finals. I don't know. I don't know. And, and like, is he going to wrestle at World's End? And then he's got to go to, to – to, how, how the hell is he getting to Japan? Are they just hoping at that point he's okay? There are a lot of questions. They're hoping by that point he's fine. Yeah, like it's not up to us to like make that decision. That is a should be up to a doctor. Uh, But you know, I I wonder just how that recovery is going. I hope it's going well, and I wonder how it's going to play into uh, his booking. Because if he's if they say like okay, he's going to be on the Montreal card or the Minneapolis episode, then great. That means he's probably flying, and that's good news but we haven't seen that news or received that news. So I don't know where he sits in terms of recovery. And therefore it plays into the conversation we're having about announcing matches ahead of time to get people invested in the tournament who are maybe looking for an excuse to go buy tickets. Why Sobel says didn't feel like they were better about it before. Maybe it was a honeymoon phase. I think a lot of it was honeymoon phase because it was very similar before. They've always had the 50 people on a poster. Thing. They do it for pay-per-views still. Again, the ROH poster for Final Battle has people who may or may not be on this show. Yeah, it's just all it's just all their champions. I was just looking at it. Like, yeah. Like MJF, probably not gonna be Adam Cole is not on it because he's injured and clearly out, but everyone else who's like everyone else on that poster is very much a champion on that brand. Yeah, yeah. So like they they've always kind of done this where it goes to featuring people on posters and you never kind of knew who you were going to get. I think what they were better about before was announcing more beforehand, like because they only had dynamite to promote at that time. So they give you basically the entire dynamite lineup a week ahead. Now it's like, here's a couple matches for next week's dynamite and then find watch collision to find out the rest. Or maybe we'll announce more on like you watch this there's nothing for this show. I I got to somehow make up a Tony Khan bit. Traditional, <laughs> Trad- that, that, but that's tradition when it comes to post pay per view these days. Is that they they have maybe they, one or two segments announced here. There's nothing other than Continental Classic starts, so you're guaranteed two matches that are going to be announced presumably at one o'clock when they drop the video. Other than that, they typically don't really do much. Other than we'll hear from the Fallout, and it'll be Tony Storm shows up, and you know that's fine. But you got to start announcing stuff eventually. Yeah, uh, typically on pay- post pay per view, sometimes they'll set up angles in the press conference, which they didn't do uh, for this someone, one. Someone got hurt last time they did that one, <laughs> <laughs> and then 
and then on like Tuesday, Tony might announce some matches and, and stuff. But you're gonna get the the G1 stuff. Uh, so I'm saying, you know, sometimes I feel like people want AW needs to be perfect at everything at all times. People focus so much on anything other than the positives. Here's what I always say when it comes to any type of like AEW criticism or or things like that. One, I think, do I think people are overly critical? Yeah, probably. I think people are overly critical of WWE at certain points as well. I want to stress, especially if you're watching this show. Others, I don't know. I don't know their real opinions and stuff. I can only speak for myself on this just because we are critical or want certain areas to improve does not mean it is a doom and gloom. Oh, AEW is going out of business because they don't do this, this, and this it's no, they are fine. They're in a great position. They are a strong number two uh, wrestling brand. Um, like they're doing very, very well and being critical or wanting certain things is yet yeah, sort of just a, a fan service thing and it's a fan service thing because these are things that were spoken about a long time ago and like i i tweeted we did this a while ago of like the the mission statement that they had right of like you're gonna get this this and this it's fine if the mission it's fine if the missions change the goals change cool no issue with that at all you just got to be honest about it to your fans and how you're honest about it is not saying put your money where your mouth is of like, if you want this type of tournament here, tune in, do this. Just be like, just talk about the evolution of things or, you know, don't continue to tout that you are an alternative when you're doing things that are very similar to what WWE does. But then none of this is doom and gloom though. Absolutely. None of this is doom and gloom. It's just as, as fans, what can they do to get us more excited about things yeah exactly we have well, spent- cody said a lot of shit but tony khan said the same stuff yeah it's true and, and tony khan runs the damn show now so uh yeah we we approach this as uh as objectively as we can and also we we i think when i and i said this at the beginning like i think we're really good at being the expectation setters in the room and being you know we'll, we'll talk it up and we'll make the jokes but like you and i try to be as even keeled about certain topics as we can when maybe others are trying to make this into a big like a big much ado about nothing right uh so that's that's kind of where i'm at i i think that criticism is a good thing and i think that how people accept that criticism that's a whole other conversation but at the end of the day like ryan says we just have to accept that we're wwe show you're the one accepting pickles yeah yeah there you go eating the pickle i hope people know my stance on wrestling is that i don't like any of it it's all terrible and i just like the stuff that pops me and that's all i want i just want stuff that's going to pop me and you're giving me brian danielson matches in this tournament awesome i honestly got no complaints just give me my brian danielson matches tell me tell me when i'm getting my brian danielson matches that's my criticism let me know when brian's gonna wrestle so i can not tune into the rest of the show and just watch brian Daniels. that's right tell me when i'm telling lies no that's that's gonna be on saturday right oh. <laughs> i saw it and i know other people have seen it too that one sorry to do this that one tweet from the one guy who's like, this is my conspiracy theory, my tinfoil hat. You didn't see this, did you? I know you're largely offline. I had a very good 
very good chuckle and i basically said man wrestling fandom was a mistake joel i you know how offline i'm actually i actually well, am like God i did not see the pickle discourse until i saw sean just like retweet it at like six o'clock last night are you ready for this theory <sighs> every theory i've ever come across on is, has been terrible the one on smackdown included here we go theory on cm punk returning to wwe I think I'm the only one who thinks Randy Orton is not going to show up, at least in the ring, mainly because of the severity of the injury and Cody Rhodes not saying his name aloud. Think of this scenario. Drew taking out Randy backstage, then they only show Randy laying there motionless, thereby the ba- thereby, by the way, that was the word he used, thereby the baby faces need one more who could possibly join them on such short notice as there is anyone from Chicago who could lend a hand. Enter CM Punk. If Randy Orton were ever the fall guy, I would say it's 2009 and I'm going to turn off my TV from wrestling for a little while. So anyway, Raw ruled because Cody Rhodes is like, we got a guy. He's Apex Predator. He's a legacy. Got a long history. People are chaining rings like, they're right. Randall didn't show up at all he was playing so amazing he was playing elden ring on the bus he forgot his cue he was just like my bad sorry guys kim was talking to me on the phone we had a really we had a really intense conversation about the kids amazing that randall's like only work in the pay-per-view brother only work in the ple brother that's the only pop that i want you know what would be best you know what would be actually the best they're supposed to be in that dumb little shark cage at the top of the thing, which I hate. I hate that stupid thing. Absolutely hate it. If Randy didn't even bother, bother for that shit, it's just like, is he going to show? Is he going to show? Then maybe people will be stupid and get do the CM Punk thing. But like you do all the shark cage stuff. The heels got the advantage. Of course they did because Cody knows how to book a war games. Um, and then all the, the three other baby faces are in, I guess four, uh, no three, three. Because one's already in the ring. So the three other baby faces are in the shark cage. The four heels are in the ring. Randy's not in the shark cage. And then the voices hits. And then Randy saunter. I need the saunter. Don't do this running bullshit. Just saunter on down. Take it all in. He will too. He's going to take it all in. It's going to be great. No, you know what? I want Randy to get in that cage because you know what? I want him and Jey Uso locked in that cage together, and Jey Uso just being like, oh, shit. Oh, so Jey had a good reaction. Jay, so good. Jay, yeah. I know I people am, have, like, memed it and everything. Yeah. No, I immediately saw it, and I was like, oh, that's good. He, like, he knew exactly what to do, what the look should be. He's, like, freaking out inside, but he's, it's so good. And that's the whole, the whole match is everybody hates Jey Uso. And this is going to pop me so much. When he and Randy have that inevitable interaction, either... Probably, you know, after the match, whoever wins, the baby faces win, let's say, I just have Randy RKOJ and just be like, now we're even. And that's it. And now, then that's how they like explain that they're cool now because they'll be like, my back feels good. D- Randy doesn't hit one RKO in the entire match. And then he hits one on Jey Uso after the match. People are going to boo him. They're, he's just going to be like, now we're good. Ah, <laughs> uh, absolutely amazing that randy just didn't bother to show up but like they did a good job they did a good job of at least like giving you that plausible reason as to why he wouldn't have 
like he lives in St. Louis. He's not going to randomly be at the arena in Michigan. Like it, it's almost like, you know, if you would put him back there, it would have been a little too contrived for those who think about that stuff. Well, this we worked. We talked about it on Monday of like, how do you introduce Randy based on what we know of okay, Drew's kicking off the show to speak. They're doing the war games advantage match. Do they come? Does he just like, come way, out? I told you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, does, does he just come out? then like when does he come out on that and it turns out the faces just ran off the heels with all the chairs and stuff and i'm thinking to myself like as it's happening i was like how does randy come out during this like there's no they already ran him off with the chairs when does he come out and cody's just like ah here we go we're gonna exit we're just gonna say it on the mic and then the the announcement is done put him on the poster type of thing uh so good Randy rules. I I understand why Randy gets like the criticism and stuff that he does. That man was boring with them headlocks and everything for years and years and years. I get it. He spent a lot of time. I kind of phoning it in, just going through the motions, right? Like he knew what he needed to do, but just going through the motions of stuff where he could have maybe picked it up a notch and just decided, eh, why type of thing. Yeah, well, his, his daddy taught him how to work, and that's an effective way to work, but, you know, for longevity's sake. Here's the thing. Randy Orton is like your your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. Danielson speaks highly of him. Cena, all even the, like the new guys of like, oh, yeah, love watching Randy. Tell Just the little things that he does that tells you how to be a great wrestler type of thing. And like everyone speaks so highly of him when it comes to that. And uh yeah, he was on a good run before the injury. I, I do look forward to seeing him being being back, what he looks like under the uh, Triple H regime, because we know Triple H. Uh, Triple H is um, very favorable of Randall. So, yeah, love love Randy that he's back in, in this. And hope he, hope he just comes out with the saunter, just RKO's, leaves, pieces out afterwards. Got no time for this nonsense. Bless him. It'd be very funny to watch. Just he just shows up, be like, "All right, I'm back. Where's Matt? Oh, really? Oh shit. Okay. No, I just don't even acknowledge that. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean in the backstage, like not even on camera. He just goes out to, to Triple H, just be like, "Hey, man, it's good to see you. All right, where's Matt? Where's what's our what's our creative? Have you have you not been watching the show? No, no nah. like seventeen kids, an Elden Ring to play in the bus." those kids are the only way i don't watch wrestling and triple h has been like all right uh let me catch you up real quick and then he just sits there with his mouth agape being like oh that's why vince texted me and then that's <laughs> it well time to go to work <laughs> i'm looking forward to survivor series uh it looks like they're gonna do it they might add one more match maybe a pre-show match you had the aldis and uh pierce kind of stare down let's chat moment on raw and by the way, Raw was a really good show. I actually really enjoyed it. I watched all three hours and then cursed myself in the morning because I was up at 6 a.m. But point of being, I watched all of it and I didn't hate the show. Helps that I can like start it late and then get through most of the commercials and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, do you think we're going to add one more match? Maybe one more interpromotional match? No? No, no. Because they added, adding Escobar and Carlito was, I thought, I didn't know, they, I didn't think they were going to do that. But they did that, so no, I think they're good where they're at. Like, what match would you add? I know, like all this and Pierce have been kind of beefing and and stuff, but I, 
I wouldn't add anything like this late and then try to just shoehorn it in. They've, they've done a good job of like not doing that of, Hey, here's a late match to this show for the sake of it. Like they've been keeping their PLEs at like, especially the war games. Like we've gone through it. Like they did like five last year. I think they're at six this year when you factor in war games, you know, they got two less uh, in, in the women's match. So that's, you can unfortunately cut a little time off of that because there's uh, two less entrances and everything you got to do two less waiting periods, I should say. Um, so no, I don't think anything gets added. They, again, they've done a good job of like, not just like shoehorning stuff. Like I know people might be mad of like, Oh, LA Knight, Why isn't he on the show? I appreciate that WWE does this one because they're getting out at like three hours or may- maybe four, uh, but like they're getting out of there. Everything gets a good amount of time and they, they move on. Everything gets time to breathe and stuff instead of like, here's 18 matches for you. And I understand the point of that too, when it's $50 and you want to make sure people are getting their money's worth on that. But WWE doesn't, they don't, they don't, we had this discussion with Trish and Becky where that made sense for SummerSlam. And it was like, well, they're just not going to throw it on there to kind of shoehorn. And that wouldn't have been shoehorned, but it's like, they got their card built. That's what it's going to be. If they need to extend something, they'll extend it. So now nah, they don't need to add anything to this. The only other thing I can think of it being is the discussion of splitting up the tag titles and finally doing that for SmackDown because they did have that segment that led into, you know, go find me, Nick Aldis. And then Aldis stepped in and be like, let's go have a chat. So I don't know if maybe those were tied together or they could do. We talked about the five on five with some sort of stakes, but I agree with you largely that they've built the card. It's already good time paced. It feels like that way with the show. Uh, Gunter and Miz, we're going to talk about that promo and then all that. The match is probably going to be a good like 15 minute beat up run around. Like there's going to be some stuff in there. There's going to be enough time for everything without maybe overstaying its welcome. Um, yeah, we'll talk about Gunther and Miz in a second. I want to address this comment from Senior Nerd. Wait, Danielson, as in Brian Danielson, speak up highly of Randall Keith Orton. Uh, this is from an interview with uh, the great uh, Cam Hawkins, Seahawk, who also just dropped another interview with uh, Jey Uso today. But, but Cam spoke to Danielson in March of this year. And this is Danielson's quote uh, about Randy. I'd get to wrestle Randy Orton at house shows who might be one of my favorite people ever to wrestle in the sense that he and I just clicked and Randy Orton is so good. You're watching, you're, you're wrestling all these untelevised matches right in front of live events. And if you're somebody who tries to continue to get better, it's a great place to hone in the details, your explosiveness of all these different things that you do. When I wrestle Randy and when I watch Randy, especially like Randy at his best, I think, man, this guy is untouchable. Everything he does is perfect. So yes, Brian Danielson speaks very highly of, of Randy Orton and everyone should uh, go check out Cam Hawkins and Seahawk and his uh, pieces on the ringer. Again, he put up a new interview with Jay Uso new, I shouldn't even say interview. Cause they're like good feature articles. They're not just like interview articles. Uh, go, go check that out now. Do that. Yeah, absolutely. Cam, Cam kills it every time. Like I said, we have to find a way to stop this incredible Cam Hawkins. <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, yeah, going back to, to Randy, though, um, you'd be surprised how many of Randy's peers speak highly of him because of the work he puts in and the way that he wrestles. He's had longevity. He hasn't been perfect in the business by any account, but he's largely very well respected for the work that he's done and for the the, the outputs that he's, you know, that he's created. Um, I think a lot of people assume because he's, you know, had some pretty weird injuries that he's like not as good as he is, but no, he's very fluid. He's very, he's not showy. And that's probably the best part is that he's, he can be very technical as a wrestler. 
He's very bare bones, has the basics. I'm sure if you ask William Regal about him, you probably, you know, gush about him for days too. So it's worth it. You know, go, go watch some Morton stuff and a lot more people are praising him than you may realize. He's uh, he's good. He's good at what he does. I feel like, especially over the years, like he's owned up to a lot of the mistakes he's made. It seems like he's very helpful backstage and trying to teach uh the the next generation stuff you know he had that whole leg slapping comment uh in nxt a few years ago he's like oh yeah we heard that shit all the way out here uh you know all the way across the the arena we could hear these leg slaps and everything and he talks about that of like you know he wants guys like tomaso champa to have longevity in the business and not go out there and do 100 moves to just you know get a this is awesome chant he he wants people to have more longevity than that and you know it's kind of ironic that he's nursing this back injury because of years of doing the rko it's very much hulk hogan-esque of like hogan longevity 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 didn't wrestle like a hard-hitting style or anything fucked up his back and hips by doing the leg drop every single night like randy very similar like didn't wrestle like go out there and do a bunch of crazy stuff but you keep doing the same move over and over again where you're landing on your back the entire time it starts the the wear and tear starts to go down there, but yeah, a lot of people, a lot of his peers speak highly of uh, of Randy Orton, and one I think it's for his work in the ring too. It's because this version of Randy Orton seems like a a good good dude to just talk to and get advice from and learn from. Speaking of people saying very nice things about other people, our pal Andrew Zarian sent a super chat earlier oh, saying wow. one of my fave shows to listen to. Love you both. Kisses. Wow. We appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much. Uh, hey, you can send a super chat as well, telling us how wonderful we are or not. You know what? Tell us we suck. I don't care. We'll take your money. Your money's good here, regardless of your commentary. <laughs> so just send it over and we'll take it. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Gunther and Miz. I think Miz is another person that will surprise people when he hangs up his boots that they're going to say, he was really good at what he did. The longevity of his career, the ability to, I mean, reinvent isn't really the word I would use, but just the ability to, I guess, stay relevant and stay on TV, that means something. And we've talked about it, you and I, and I've talked about it on millions of places about how this man is more than willing to get up at 3 a.m. and do media and then go to sleep the next day at 3 a.m. And just, he puts the grind in. And that's just another dude. Legally, that, maybe a little illegally. A little, we all we all do something a little illegally sometimes. But either way, he grinds however he grinds. And he will forever have uh, the respect of a lot of his peers. He goes in, has this promo off with Gunter, who cements himself very much as someone to keep watching. Holy crap, this was good. They got you invested in the match that many people were kind of just blowing off for Survivor Series. Listen, the finish... It's not in doubt, but the match, the match itself is going to be really fun. And I think a lot of people are going to see that Miz, uh, Miz can work really well. Ryan Sullivan sent a super chat, by the way, saying that I rule and Jeremy, you suck. No, you can't read. No, I can't, but neither can you. So give me your thoughts on Miz and Gunther. (laughs) Promo is great. Gunther, dude, like there ain't no flaws in this man's game right now. Like none people were trying to be like, uh, can he promo WWE style? Like, is he any good at that? Like, yeah, he's been doing well with the IC title, uh, when it comes to promos, but it's been kind of like shorter, straight to the point sort of stuff. Man, that stuff on Monday though, going, going toe to toe with Miz, rejecting the crowd the way he did. Like that was top tier WWE promo 
stuff right there. So, and then in ring, Gunther's Gunther in ring. So, yeah, there there ain't no holes in his game right now. Uh, I don't think he's losing to Miz. I don't know who you have lose to Gunther. I really, I really don't. Um, or who you have beat Gunther for this title. I really don't at this point, but you got to elevate this man at some point. Like, I don't know how much longer you can wait to just keep doing this IC title thing because he's doing great with it, obviously. But like at some point you got to elevate someone and to elevate Gunther. So I got my only two names right now to beat Gunther. And I know everyone goes back to the dragon. I, I was one of those people. I've kind of gotten off that horse. And I've been like, eh, I'd rather see Ilya do his own thing when he makes his raw SmackDown debut. But my two names at this point seem to be Ludwig Kaiser because they're certainly trying to do something with him. And if it takes and the crowd is into it, then you can make him a formidable opponent for Gunter and gets the win somehow. Don't know how that's up to them to figure out or big Bronson Reed, because let's face it, the dude's a big beefy boy. And if you let those two go nuts in the ring again, maybe the outcome is going to be different this time. You can tell a really good story between those two. Also, I love Bronson Reed because we talked about smoked meat that one time, and I'm very clearly a shell for food based wrestling content. Here's I'll say this about Gunther. And you talked about uh, like promo ability and everything we saw it on on monday too gunther's a dude that put himself out there to do this shit right like he went out he got himself in not that anything was wrong with his shape or anything like i like the big pose in physical imposing physical like walter like when, when he had some size and everything on him but he went out there he's like you know what i'm gonna change my diet i'm gonna work hard i'm gonna like get myself in the this type of shape type of thing. I was like, okay, didn't really change his in-ring style too much. He still kind of works the same for the most part. Um, maybe, you know, adds a, a little bit to his arsenal as all wrestlers do over the years. But the the biggest thing is the promo stuff of like, oh, people, people, Gunther can't promo, Gunther can't promo. And then he, he shows he can do that. I give him a lot of credit because, and this is something I would like to ask him or somebody, one of maybe our media pals can ask him because he does 300 interviews, but I give him a lot of credit for doing all of these interviews. And I go back to something when I spoke to Ilya Dragunov, because Ilya, Ilya does a bunch of interviews. And I just asked like, is this something like you want to do? Or is this something that's just like, Hey, the company's like, Hey, please do this type of thing. And he said, he was honest. He was just like, yeah, the company usually asks me, but like, I see the benefits of doing it. And he said, like, it helps with promos. And I, there's real value in that stuff. Like there's real value of even if you don't necessarily want to do all of this media and stuff, it helps in just for a lot of reasons, but it helps in like reacting, right? Because you don't know it. You don't know the questions that you're going to get from people. A lot of people ask a lot of the same stuff. You, you kind of have a general, okay, they're going to ask about this type of thing, but you don't exactly know everything that's going to be tossed at you and you just react to it and that helps when the camera is on you and maybe the crowd like they do they start chanting type of things like okay how do i react to this so doing all this media and gunther's done a lot i was shocked when he like did that for he did like one interview i was like oh shit gunther he's speaking and then he did another and another and another and then this week you see him on all all these different platforms and stuff he just did an interview with uh van vliet but he does he's done like four or five different interviews this week and like that stuff pays off when it comes to to promos and like learning and just helping with speaking ability and stuff so 
I give Gunther a lot of credit for, for putting himself out there and doing that stuff. Because I think as much as, you know, it's just a media interview, what, you know, oh, it's just promoting type of thing. I think it helps in way more than just, hey, they're, they're just promoting. Um, and we're going to, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot for teasing this and then kind of announcing it at the end of this show. But we're going to talk about somebody at the end of this show who is scheduled to join us next week, who I'm going to give a lot of credit to yes, for, for putting himself too. out there. Yeah, I am too. We're going to get to that. Um, yeah. The Gunther stuff, man, I'm really happy that he's getting out there and that he's, he's openly speaking to people. And I think that he should continue doing it. And again, I go back to Miz and part of it with Miz was at the time he was not popular, especially in the back. He was, he was cocky and he was brash and that's good for career movement, but it's not great when you're trying to, you know, have a little bit of coexistence in, in the locker room. That's Friday's 3 PM here on this channel, by the way, coexisting with Rob Maggie. Uh, but what I do like is that Miz basically carved out a niche and said at the time to the higher ups, like anywhere you want me, I'll go. You have 5 AM, 5 PM, seven, whatever, just, if you need me at a media event, a press event, I will put my face out there. He was always willing to put in the work. And it seems like Gunter has has picked up that mantle as well, which is the making of, of a really good entertainer or at least a really, uh, a really popular person in a public persona or in a public uh, space. And if he continues to do that, then yeah, the, the sky's the limit for the guy. He oozes charisma. He once he got his, you know, I know you were talking about when he was a little bit, uh, a little bit bigger. Like he had something to him then too. But like I think that with his body transformation came a whole new, like confidence. And honestly, what do they say? Behind every man is a very successful and wonderful person, woman, man doesn't matter. I think that to a certain degree, Gunther's partner uh, also pushed him to continue doing this thing. And he's given her credit in the past as well. Uh, someone in the chat had mentioned Miz. The Miz will always have my respect. He married and had children with Maurice. And this Even is Gunther wasn't. <laughs> and then Gunther too. But it's okay. But this, so this is like, this is tale as old as time. You know, how did this person get with this person? It was just like, well, no, I'm just going to very, 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 very simply like it's funny a willing to do just about anything for the laugh and do it tastefully uh, and just uh, be entertaining and be, be stupid. And that's fine. And some people really get into that. So yeah, that's how someone like this is good looking too. He is, like, he is not, good looking. Nah. Yes. But, but also this like looks, I know, but like, he, yeah, I guess he does have the Hollywood. He's, he's, he's pretty. Yeah. It's true. This is, this is no, he's ugly. Guy. Jeremy, he's ugly and he doesn't deserve her. And I should be, no, I'm, I, absolutely not uh yeah no my point is it's just like you get you you get the person that fits with you and that gets you and you get them and that's how it works it's not about how did somebody get this person it's there's, there's no look scale it's just it's people vibe and they and and it works sometimes it doesn't people may be shocked to hear this but like good people end up with good people like you know I know that's a weird thing of like, how does Miz get, well, Miz seems nice. Miz seems very willing to help. Miz has a charm about him. Oh, it doesn't seem like that big of a secret. Beautiful eyes. 
beautiful man. He's, a, he's very good looking too. Very it's, good looking. I think it's time that we all, as a wrestling fan base, come to the conclusion collectively here, starting with this show and then pass it around. Mike Mizanin is a handsome man. Would you fuck the Miz, Joel? Absolutely. All right. That's good. And I, I, I'm, I'm not a person who uh, would traditionally, uh, you know, <laughs> cheat on my wife. But here we are. <laughs> Vegas, baby. No, he won't be there. Come on. <laughs> anyway. His rules. I'm Miz glad, like, he's, you know, it, it takes a while for people to get flowers sometimes. But, like, I'm glad he's getting recognized for, there's something to be said about, like, longevity uh, of just like being able to do this for that long again I'll, I'll use the, the goat brian danielson of someone who you know he said like i got a different philosophy than miz our wrestling philosophies ain't the same they famously talked about it on talking smack like it ain't the same also from ohio facts my syllable um not the same it's like you know i gotta give him his respect for what he's done for what he's willing to do everything like yeah we might not be friends we might not get along when it comes to our opinions on certain things and wrestling style and stuff but like can't knock can't knock the hustle as a famous man once said like you can't knock the hustle of the miz and yeah putting yourself out there proving value beyond just being in the ring that's the thing is like cool matches are cool matches Right, like, but there's value elsewhere in wrestling that goes beyond the the matches. And Miz is somebody who has proven that year over year. And those people are just as valuable as person who can have cool matches, just as helpful, I should say, like just as important to the product and getting eyes on the product as hey, here's a cool match that will get clipped or might not get clipped or get to this is awesome type of chant the people who put themselves out there and are willing to do whether it be media or different types of promos or different videos they can be just as value just as valuable as any person who can go out there and get a this is awesome chant we got a uh, super chat from Wilchism just now saying i can tell triple h is letting talent work their own style look at gunter and dragon lee and the women from japan i think wwe style is slowly changing i do think fans are downplaying that though uh, I, I agree with everything up until the last part. I don't think that fans are downplaying it. I think that they're really, uh, I think they're observing and respecting the fact that things are changing more towards a style that they are, that some of them are clamoring for for a long time and that they are finally getting. Not every change needs to be celebrated. Uh, not every differing character needs to be brought out as like, this is the the new talk of the town. Not everyone can be gobbles, you know? Where's gobbles? Hold on. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Gobbles! Someone had mentioned gobbles earlier, and I was going to bring it up, but now I can't find it, so it doesn't matter. Gobbles. Oh, here we go. The only person who can defeat Gunther is gobbles. Next inter. Gobbles. Your next in turkey in turkey tentinental. Turkey It's a mouthful there. Is that a champion of Turkey and in their Turkey only either way? Um, but no, you look, you look at what's going on with these different talent, like the Japanese talent are now working together and it's not in a jokey, jokey, you know, uh, almost xenophobic feeling way. And Gunter is doing his style and it works like, again, you're elevating talent and you're, you're putting, you're putting over their strengths. You're not necessarily hiding their weaknesses because I think a lot of their weakness, their weaknesses 
are things that you can work on and that get worked on in the ring as you try to work with them. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know if you have anything to add. There's still very much a WWE style. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing by the way, but there are also very clear instances of, Hey, you can go out there and just do more of your own stuff as instead of just like, yeah, instead of doing this cool move, just grab a headlock. <laughs> like, so like just grab a headlock instead. So, um, yeah, I but there's still very much a, a WWE style. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing that that there's a uh, that that's possible. Why Soul says why the chance to be down for another hour to live stream the Continental Classic Selection stream? I don't know, Joel. What do you think? Give me two hundred and fifty dollars in super chats. Wow, look at Joel asking for the money here. I gotta make it chilly, man. I gotta get it in the crock pot, and I gotta pick the kid up today. So, yeah, you know. what <sighs> cares about this kid? Right? Hey, listen, I'm keeping with school 24-7. I would love it. He would too. No one would complain. I can tell you that much. When he comes home, he don't want to be around us. Should we? Okay. What what are we what are we doing at one o'clock, Joel? What 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 are we you doing anything at one? Yeah, I'm making chili. Oh, that's unfortunate. Do we like do we want to come all the way back online for this stuff? Like, do we what? I I mean, maybe it won't be an in the weed show. Uh, yeah, 250 yeah. and Joel Ben's child. Yeah, I agree. I mean, maybe maybe we don't do uh, every way it's not part of in the weeds. Maybe we do a selection Wednesday stream at one o'clock. We watch the video and then we, we give our thoughts on that. Do we have to? Don't we have other content that runs on Wednesdays? Uh, indeed. Uh, I don't know if there's a show tonight, though. I don't know. I don't know if Mike's still here. If there's an indeed tonight, why well, why don't you why aren't you a man of the people, Joel? That's what I want to know. Well, we've already established two hundred fifty, and that by the way, that's that's a collective two fifty. That's not like one person has to donate two hundred fifty dollars. I'm saying like, listen, if the pot reaches, I will keep a running tally. Uh, starting now, that's two fifty on top of the ones we've received today. And then if you get to two fifty, I will stay on for the extra hour. I will run out for a quick second because I will need a drink. Uh, and yeah, there you go. Oh, that's right. There's there's the hump today at three. That's a different channel. Though. They're going to talk about it. I guarantee you that Sean and Jimmy will. And Jimmy will probably bury the product. Jimmy's mad it. nowadays. Why is Jimmy so mad? I don't know. He's not <laughs> bored. I, I don't know. He, there, there are other bored rich people on the internet that get weird. So he's not one of them. I, I like Man. Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy's... Oh, I, I, Jimmy's the reason. I mean, more Sean, but you know, Jimmy had to has to sign off on stuff. Uh, hey, why is why is Jimmy so mad though? It's okay, Jimmy. It'll be all right. Maybe if Jimmy pays for my, oh good. Uh, maybe if Jimmy pays for my my gimmick, my uh, my hotel in Vegas for Hard to Kill. There you uh, go. I, yeah, I got I got to book some stuff first. I just get Ryan. I get Ryan on here. His glasses. He's wearing a black t shirt. It's all you need. Wine is with an H, by the way. Butch doesn't send a super chat saying, so we're going to add that to the time, by the way. I'm just going to get that 10. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see Triple H 20 years talking to Triple H now, knowing back then he was a body guy. The next Triple H builder on NXT guys, he would be buried. Uh, I think it'd be funny talk. Now, you got to remember 10, 20 years ago, Triple H was still kind of involved in the booking of the territory. Like he was talking to Vince about all this stuff. Long before he was married to Stephanie, long before he was doing the stuff, like 
he's always been involved in creative. That's uh, that was one of the things that like Scott Hall and Kevin Nash used to put him over for was that he was always thinking wrestling, always booking the territory, always doing creative things to get himself and his friends typically back then over. That's just what it was. Like, listen, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Effie, going back to Effie, we had Effie on earlier this morning. You should go watch the interview when we clip it. But like, Effie wor- runs with Second Gear Crew. And like, if you're going to tell me that Effie's not going to do everything to get Second Gear Crew members booked with him, then like, I don't know what to tell you. That's just how the business is. You get a car full of people that you like and you roll with them. And if you can book them all as a, uh, as a group for a day, then promoters love that because it's just, it's a group of people you can work with and it's a group of people you can pay collectively in one car. That was always cool when they would do that on like, love you, HBK, the click. Yeah. Kevin Nash's podcast rules. $240 an hour. $240. You know what goes into making this damn chili? It's it's the part where I got to brown the meat. That's always the worst part. That doesn't take long. It does. I've got to put in the, the, and I got to cut the peppers. No. Peppers. I got to open up the, the, the cans with the, the sauces. <sighs> Joel just complaining as usual, as hell usual. Chili. Hell of a chili though. Y'all are welcome to come and enjoy it sometime. Why don't you send it? Why don't you send it to me? Joel? I'll send you a chili. I'll send it. I'll, I'll send it with Kate when she comes to visit. Joel complaining as usual about this. Yeah. Well, you know, there's only so much time in the day. Uh, what else from, uh, from Monday night raw that we enjoyed? Zoe Stark, your your favorite new friend. Uh, yeah, go watch the interview with uh, I did with with Zoe Stark. It's a lot of fun. And uh, Zoe Stark, another person who just she said in other interviews, like you know she she works on promos and you know gets advice from from different people like Paul Heyman. And she said in our interview she was still in contact with Trish and everything. By the way, part of that inter- the interview that I did with Zoe, and I asked you know biggest piece of advice from Trish. And her reply was finding your why, you know, this is when we joked about it kind of about, you know, the AEW, like ask why, why are we doing this? That's the advice Trish is giving Zoe is like, just ask why on certain stuff. Like, why are you doing this promo? Why are you doing this match? Why would you say this line? Like, yeah, that should be a commonplace in wrestling. Ask the why question. Uh, So yeah, very fun interview with Zoe and like I was saying she does a lot of these interviews and she's also recognizing like hey I should work on my promos and stuff doing these interviews are going to help her down the line when it comes to promos so I I think that's good on her for for all this stuff this is a great test for her in the most positive way someone who has been given a lot of praise internally and externally she is someone who with the right match with the right person and just the right I don't know. Just just the right sauce is going to do some really cool things. So uh, I'm excited for the match with her and Rhea because I think they work well together, and I think that they have a little a uh, little bit of back and forth chemistry. I think there's going to be some some really fun stuff in that match. Again, the outcome is not in doubt, but it's the quality of the match. It's can she hang? It's will the crowd care? Will they get invested? And that's really the big thing when it comes to these wrestlers. Is like, you know, Sean has mentioned it a million times that you know, the internal stances, are they going to be more over the next time we go to the building? And that's what this is for Zoe Stark. And that's what it is for a few of these people. Santos Escobar and Carlito. That's another example of this. Santos is on the ascent. Carlito is a legacy talent that people like just, 
they got to change his music back. They got to do something that's not Mario Party music redux. It's just something. I swear to God. But with that in mind, Santos Escobar has that thing, and he's starting to get that intangible having turned heel. That NXT feeling is back. And I think if people latch on to that feeling, like a lot of people did who watch NXT and attend the shows live, they'll understand what Santos Escobar brings to the table. Uh, this is an opportunity for them. Santos Escobar should win about 30 seconds. Just kick him right in the dick. Yeah, yeah. Most of full gear, by the way, was dick kicks. As it should be. As it should be. The full gear is actually the full bag, which is what you kick on the way up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my goodness. Uh, have they announced anything for Dynamite yet? I don't think so. Christian and Luchasaurus, uh, a Christian re-Christianing, re, yeah, re-Christianing segment, which rules. Rechristening, sorry. I can't Re- no, no, it's rechristening. Let's just get it right. <laughs> yeah, rechristening. He's rechristening the patriarch. Great. As one does. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, look who's here. Hi. Sean, Sean, is yeah. CM Punk going to be at Survivor Series? Um, I'll tell you what. The answer is yes. Oh, if okay. Your first. You find a DVD of Survivor Series 2006, <laughs> and you find a DVD player. You put it in the DVD player, and you hit the button. Uh, that is one of my favorite Survivor Series matches of all time. A good old squash, clean sweep, and it was also abundantly clear at that point in WWE they really didn't know how to make stars anymore because they had just gotten through Cena and Batista and did a great job there. And they're like, well, we really like these two guys, and I don't know about this other dude. And with the Hardys, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H in the ring, all the people cared about was CM Punk. And even Triple H had to, had to piggyback off of him. That was, uh, I think that was the beginning of the end right there in 2006. Now I have to go through my big bucket of wrestling DVDs and find that DVD, because I'm sure I have that, or at least the tape. I've got the cassette somewhere. I know I do. I used to have, so over here, I used to have this whole thing full, but at some point I just didn't, I didn't want the the pay-per-views anymore. And I think I I gave them or traded them. Yeah. I took a big pile of them and I was like, here you go, toy vomit. Take these off my hands. I'll trade literally all these for this ECW on TNN collection. And it was... It was a great decision on my part. It was the original taped versions of ECW on TNN without like the the editing or anything. The original music was in there. Unfortunately, ECW hotline commercials are still in there. The night Kimono Wanalea danced atop. Oh. <laughs> no, that, those are the videos. Those are the videos. <laughs> it's much more salacious on the hotline. That's right. They're basically like, Guess who's screwing who in WCW? Call 1-900-RUN-4-ECW. And I'm like, man, people are talking about me being a tabloid. What if we called that number? What happens? I don't know. I tried to buy 1-900-909-9900.com, and somebody already has it. What is it? 1-900-RUN-4? Yeah. ECW? Okay, hold on. Are you? It's not watch it be a porn site. If you watch like any of the old WCW pay-per-views, whenever they do the plugs and they bring the number up, it always says number decommissioned. Do not call. <laughs> yeah. Um, Your oh. call cannot be completed as dialed. 
There you go. No, it can't be can't be completed. Sorry, everybody. I tried to call the ECW hotline. Val Capone says, "Am I ready for Shazza uh, twelve two at Slamilton? Are you going to be there, Val? Are you are you uh, are you announcing me to the ring? Is that is that going to happen? Um, the answer is yes, I am. Am I doing any training? Really, no, because that's the point. I'm I'm just going to show up and win. Sean, you're going to be at WrestleCade this week. I'm going to huh? be at WrestleCade this Very week. Excited. Right. Are you going to the the GCW show on Friday night? I've got a lot of things to do that night. Um, I'll swing by. I've got a. I'm going to go by the John Alba Matt Hardy thing. I'm going to go by GCW. I'm uh, going to see my good friend Chris Riddle as well. So I'm going to try to be in four places at once. We had Effie on earlier. Do you know who oh. Effie is facing at GCW on Friday night? I I did, but I re- refresh my memory. It is Effie, Alley Catch, and Violent J. Yes, against George Insane South Clown Bussy. Yes against George South, Ricky, and Kerry Morton. You've told the story of Ricky Morton on this mm-hmm. show before. I am trying to get Effie to stiff Ricky Morton on Friday in my name as revenge. So that I will be there. I'll be cheering well, for Effie as he gives Ricky Morton. Some good hopefully he doesn't stiff Ricky Morton in the same way he stiffed Marco Stunt in that one match. You know what I mean? Listen, listen, we talked about that too. Uh, although we're under the impression that, or Effie's under the impression that Ricky's going to stiff him instead for the NWA comments. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. It'll just be a return. This one's for the NWA. This one's for Jeremy Lambert of Fightful.com. Tony Deppin did that for me against Brogan Finley. He goes, this is for my good friend, Sean Ross. Then Brogan kicked him in the face. That's fantastic. <laughs> By the way, if you go to 1 900 909 it's a wrestling meme hotline site. That's amazing. Yep. Saw that. Wait, is, Saw Val, that. is Val doing the, the ring announcing for PLP? Yeah. Is that legit? Oh, I'll see you next week, Val. I'll be oh, there. Val says, so once again, I'll get a bigger pop than you. Probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, if Mikey maybe doesn't book me four hours into a show, that would be very helpful. Uh, I also have a flight to catch that night. So. So Do I got to buy a ticket to this thing? To what? To your match. Yeah, probably. Oh, that's unfortunate. Wow. I, thought, no, I can't listen. I can't do something for charity and then ask them for a bunch of comps. That isn't a thing. I'm sure you can write the tickets. <laughs> can off I get one. pickles? Can you give me some pickles or a bottle of water? To, so I feel competent. <laughs> <laughs> I had the pickles ready. <laughs> Actually, dude, I, I should buy tickets now. Uh, <laughs> I because I I do plan to go. I didn't think about like oh yeah, I should probably buy a ticket to to this thing. I just thought I was gonna like walk in. Be like, do you know who I am? Pull that old chestnut out of there. <laughs> a lot of people like Sean's ratings drop. We have this is hilarious. We have seen people like the numbers go down when Sean shows up on the show. That's usually because it's like after you know uh noon and people are like oh the show's over and then it's not over uh yeah. joel here we go we're we're an hour away we can we can talk for another hour no we can't we got a super chat though from will chisholm so we're not 30 dollars to 100 <laughs> 250 raw having three women's matches with time i'm happy for Zia Lee. Uh, even back in nxt she had that stop and go booking i hope they keep her on tv that's how people get over outside of vince doing the three-week push so with zaya this was interesting i i was um I was in agreement on Monday 
because NXT was taped on Tuesday, and we talked about this. How do you do Becky Lynch versus Zia Lee knowing <laughs> that Zia <Zaya> Lee? <laughs> but so, so it was knowing that Zia was going to have an NXT Women's Championship match on Tuesday, which was taped, and, and Zia Lee lost. Now, first things first, um, coming out of the, the, Raw ta- the Raw show, it was a great match, which I appreciated. That was a really, really fun match with Becky and Zia. Made her look good. Becky got the win. Okay, and then they did the damage control stuff to kind of get your mind off of the fact that Zia Lee just lost. Sure, okay, whatever. Well, how they played it on NXT actually ended up making a little more sense. I'm not going to say it was the right idea to have her lose twice in a row, but they at least got a little bit of the heat back, probably knowing that it was being played out this way. When Lyra Valkyria comes out for what was scheduled to be the match at the crossover, Zaylee attacked her from behind, kicked her in the back, and like left her lane. And then they were like, "Well, is this match still on?" And then eventually, Lyra Valkyria comes back, says, "No, we're still going to fight, and it's going to be the main event." And they had another good match, and Zaylee lost. I don't think Zaylee loses as much stock as maybe people thought, given the booking. If you just read the match results, yeah, I can see why people are like, "Oh, she's buried." Uh, but no, if you actually go ahead and watch the match and just see how it played out, that didn't actually look so bad on Zaylee. Now they got to start building her, though, if they really want to do something with her moving forward. Hopefully that's Dante Chen and Boa joining her, because I think that's where we're going. I think we're going to have a retelling of Tian Sha. That's, that's kind of where my brain is. We will see what they do in the follow-up with Xia Li. They just beat her. I don't got much uh, time for Tian Sha. Uh, that was a gimmick that was not for me. Yeah, but this time they're going to have Dante Chen as part of it. And if anyone knows Dante Chen, he is the reason that Tian Sha should exist. That that gimmick was not for me. So we shall I see. I'm sending out messages since Joel Pearl is a coward. To Just see who? if people are free at 1 p.m. Eastern to do a selection stream. Can we like? Can we take a break and then come back for it or something? Is that what you want to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you made it seem like you got more important things to do at one p.m. than you know the people here. I, they, I they, do, but you know, yeah. That that's fine if you want to come back at one p.m. and take a break. Yeah, yeah, we can we can take a quick break. Do, should we like put up something on the stream? Just like a we'll be back. Put up the music with the ITW and just no, 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 no. Let's we can we'll just do a separate stream. We'll do a separate stream for right. the announcement here. Okay. Uh, do do you want to talk about the 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 thing the the next week and heap praise, or do you want to wait until later for that? I mean, there's not. Oh yeah, that part. Yeah, I was gonna say dynamite. There's not a whole lot to preview. No, there's um, nothing. That's why I'm talking. I'll do. About I'll do. Come back at one p.m. Eastern, and you'll not only get the our selection show preview nonsense. Uh, I'll do the the Tony Khan run down the card since hopefully we'll have more of a card at one p.m. Eastern um so yeah we'll, we'll do that for the people at one o'clock um all right yeah next week next monday everybody at i believe 10 30 hotel room yeah in winston-salem yes i will be in my hotel in winston-salem look this is a hundred dollars right there joel that's not a hundred dollars <laughs> That is $5, and that is Voted AEW. Oh, this is from uh, Anirudh. Said, uh, Voted AEW promotion of the year since 2019. Leaning WWE in 2023 as its stories and characters have been more interesting, even if AEW matches are better. Again, wrestling is subjective. Whatever you're into and whatever you're enjoying, God bless, man. That's what you should do is enjoy the wrestling you're watching. And it's okay to provide criticism if you're not enjoying another product. Just know that these are these are constructive criticisms. 
in hopes that the product that you like gets better. But if you're enjoying what's going on, enjoy the hell out of it. Watch your wrestling as Tony Khan tried to famously get over and failed. That's right. Watch your wrestling and put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> um, yes, next Monday, next Monday, next Monday, Monday, next Monday, 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 Monday. Yeah. Monday. Yes. Uh, I will be at, in my hotel room in Winston-Salem for WrestleCade, but I will still be here to join everybody. And we'll be joined by a special guest at 1030 a.m. Eastern scheduled. This is on the schedule. We've gotten all the finger crossing and I dotting and T crossing and all that fun stuff. Um, AW wrestler Kip Sabian scheduled to join us on Monday on this show for some reason. Uh, I do well, want to tell you the reason Kip put out a, yeah, not a tweet and a bunch of people tagged us and wrestle talk. And by the way, the wrestle talk thing totally agree because they have someone on their team that looks exactly like Kip. Kip was like, Oh, is this the bloke who looks like me? And I think from that alone, Kip is like, I got to do the wrestle talk show, but people also tagged us. We appreciate that. Uh, and so we, we reached out to Kip and, and here we are. Continue. I give Kip uh, a lot of credit. Um, get very kind of talks about earlier, just trying to get out there, trying to put himself out there, trying to do stuff and show value outside of what he can do when the camera is on in or in the ring type of things. Like, you know what? Um, maybe I'm not being used regularly right now. You know what I'll do? I'll do some media. I'll promote the show. I'll, I'll try to go out there and, you know, tell, tell, tell the story that way. Get myself over that way. Get AEW over that way. Show value. However you can do it. If you're not being used, you know, show up to training work on stuff, but show value by doing media show value by doing a, a vlog or whatever it might be. There are so many creative outlets where you can show your value to whoever, whichever company you are working for. If you're not being on television stuff, sometimes it pays off. And un- unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't pay off. And look, that's when it comes down to, well, you did everything you could. The company doesn't recognize it. Then you might just have to figure, figure stuff out. But I credit uh, Kip for, for yeah, putting himself out there of like, I want to do some interviews, you know, uh, let's, let, let's see who's, who's open. And we got it scheduled. That's on Monday at 1030 AM Eastern. Hopefully plans don't change. Hopefully I didn't just ruin it by, by saying it. Look, like, I, nope, you promoted it and you can't do it now. I promoted Effie and Effie showed up. So <laughs> I think we'll be okay. Well, we're hoping for Monday. And uh, again, it's, it's scheduled to happen. If anything changes, we'll let you know. But we're excited because, uh, yeah, this is a big, um, a big opportunity because Kip put himself out there. It's it's an opportunity for everyone, us and and for Kip. So looking forward to this chat. We, uh, yeah, we we've, we've been wanting to talk to various talent, and on my list, I can tell you, Kip Sabian's one of those people. I really liked him. Um, I love his wife too. She's fantastic, Nelpy Ford. So not. She's not going to be there. Maybe I can ask her if she can join us too. But anyway, <laughs> uh, point is, really looking forward to talking to Kip and, and asking a lot of really uh, fun and engaging questions. So that'll be Monday, scheduled for 1030. Looking forward to that. That'll be Monday, 1030. Yep. Hopefully it, it goes well. Hopefully it yeah, still exists. We'll be back though, Joel. Tell everybody when we'll be back. Guess we're going to be back in about 50 minutes. I got to get this chili in the pot and then I can start eh. moving. That's fine. Listen, I, I can do this, but uh, yeah, then we're back on Friday, Friday at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern. I'll Jeremy, not be here Friday. Yes, Jeremy will not be here Friday, so odds are I will have a replacement. No, I will not go solo in the weeds. I might call a substitute teacher. We'll see. Uh, but other than that, 
go ahead, check out all the content on the channel, drop a thumbs up on the way out because we will be back for you to drop another thumbs up on a video when we talk about the thing happening at one o'clock at AEW. So uh, that's all I got. I am Actual Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends, beyond the binary, we're coming right back. But first, I'm gonna take a break. Okay, we'll see you. Go set up the stream, Joel. You got more work to do. Go set up the stream. (sighs) See you soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.